your shows, your entertainment, and your network. This is Rant EM That's the belt of the NWA World Television Champion. That's the belt of one half of the National Tag Team Champions. Now, Arn Anderson was talking with me before we came back to you, and you were concerned and talking about what we just saw from Dr. Joseph Aswanek about the boot of Dusty Rhodes. Right. I don't come out here. I pride myself on not coming out here on national television and making an idiot out of myself, spit flying out of my face, hollering and screaming, but I am irate at this particular point in time. Now, I want to appeal to the doctors. I want to appeal to the lawyers. I want to appeal to the people that are sitting out there eating dinner that have a little bit of intelligence. I'm going to appeal to them. I'm going to appeal to you. Dusty Rhodes had a broke leg. Fine, he needed some protection. But the leading sports medicine doctor in the country today, Joseph Eswanek, Dusty Rhodes doctor, I might add, not mine, has said and has cleared Dusty Rhodes from wearing that boot. All it is wearing it for now is a weapon. Right or wrong? I'm not going to claim that he's wearing it for a weapon. Crockett Promotions has not done anything about it. He has intentionally hurt Ole Anderson with that boot. You saw it right on the film clip where he kicked him repeatedly with a steel-toed boot. That's like a workman's boot. You know what steel-toed means? I know exactly what it means. You wear that boot, that means if a 20-ton piece of steel falls on your foot, you can just roll it off. It won't hurt it. If you'd ever been kicked by that boot, you'd be as irate, you'd be as upset as I am. It's nothing more than a weapon. And Swanick himself said he doesn't need the boot. Now, I am not only asking, I am demanding that something be done. I want the boot off, and on top of that... I am not a criminal. I've never stole a car in my life. I never stole anything in my life. And they're going to lock me in a cage like some animal with Dusty Rhodes with a loaded boot. What kind of an idiot do you think I am? I've heard of playing stack the deck. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, David Crockett, if you want to lock me in a cage, Dusty Rhodes, you just check your memory. Because the last time you were in a cage with an Edison, what happened to you? Just run that through your mind. Arn, a very irate Arn Anderson. Let's go to the room. right. This cable is nice and long. I'm a big fan of long cables. You're able to do a lot of things when the cable is long. Of course, I could be wireless, but I'm old school. I like, I like to tote around the cable. Long-ass cable like Bob Barker had with that long-ass microphone. Go all the way across the stage and back, no problems. One of those jobs. Yeah. Alright, I can go all the way over here to the other side of the room. 
reach for the bag of mini thin and crispy chocolate chip cookies Costco brand that are simply made with simple ingredients they are all natural and what are the ingredients you ask Well, there's a few other things here that aren't so natural. Oh, well. Anyways, Tuesday night, August 3rd, 2021. That's right. We're kicking off the month of August here on the network. Of course, the Shiny Wizards were on the air last night. So they technically kicked off the month of, the, uh, month of August here on the network. But here we are, the mothership. It's Tuesday night, as I said, episode six hundred ninety-seven of the rant is officially live across the airwaves of Rant Entertainment Media, RantEmRadio.com, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and some pirate radio station in Germany, because they stream us at seventy-three hours in a row in a clip, and then they reset and they start streaming for another. 73 some odd hours I don't get it but hey if uh, we're we've got a you know if we're we're streaming in some uh, you know cafe out there in uh, Dusseldorf shoot us an email let us know you're listening you know it might be a little bit of a language barrier but what the hell Double A as always here at uh, the post at the at the screen at the keyboard, bring you another exciting, entertaining program with a lot to talk about tonight. Not being joined as always by Tony C, but no, we are being joined by Mister Impact Player himself. Himself, he says it's G. Don't believe him. I don't care if it tomorrow is his birthday. Philip J. Rea. It's G. <laughs> I've known you what, like fifty years now at this point. It's J. It's always going to be J. It it just rolls off the tongue better, Phil. Go do yourself a favor and legally change it to J. I'm sure whatever the uh, the G stands for will work just as well with J. No, it's actually it's actually my dad's name. What's, so your, what's your dad's I'm junior, name? Junior, so I can't. I don't want to. Besmirch that. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Okay, fine. We'll just take the J in junior. Jesus we'll just Christ rearrange the lettering a little bit. It's G. It's G. It's, 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 it, it could be gorgeous like Gary Young, but it's Gregory is the, is the middle name. Yeah, I guess you can't spell Gregory with a J. No, it's Christ. You and your Latins and your messed up spellings. Anyway. Listen. I, first of all, let me let me let me start by I have the whitest name on the planet. Number one and number two, number two, I'm not of that uh, of that ilk that uh, takes a little from here and a little from there and makes a name. Can we just change your name then? And and we, uh, how would you like someone to just change your name? You've had this name for almost forty years, right? I've no, had this really. name for almost forty years, but I've had the name Double A for fourteen. Well, actually, longer. But go ahead. Well, I, I I had the nickname for almost ten, but I didn't. I, I wasn't given that name, you know. So now we use, people are just going to add middle names now to to. This, so why we can't have nice things? We try to have nice things on this network. But. I mean, listen, I'll just take uh, the J from J and add it to your name. Fantastic. 
I, I mean, then, then we'll just call him A. <laughs> or I, because I, because A-Y in Spanish is I. So, uh, so yeah. So one, day, one day we'll have nice things. One day we'll have nice things, that's right. Well, if Phil's going to turn become an old man tomorrow, for those of you that don't know, what's the number we're looking at? 47. That's not so bad. You know, I I feel it now, though. I was talking to Kathy Hummer the other day, and Kathy just turned 40. She's like, you know, I said, I'm going to be 47, and I feel every inch of it the last several months of my life. I mean, you, so, yeah, you get up in the morning, and you hear all those bones cracking and creaking. and Yeah, it's it's getting bad, boss. It's really getting bad. I'm like, so yesterday I was I was um, – I was coming home and I was like, man, I just, I had this pain in my hip. I did a bunch of manual labor on Sunday. Like, and it was like, I don't do manual labor anymore. I've been on an ambulance regularly in years. You know, I'm in the office now. So it's like, I'm not in the routine no more. I'm out of shape. But every time I do something manually labor, it's, uh, it takes, it takes a toll on me. I mean, could, I mean, we're, you know, I'm, I'm still in my thirties. Thank God. And, uh, and, and I'll be, I'll be joining the 40 club here, uh, next year, but, but, uh, trust me, I go through that, uh, I go through the aches and pains too, you know, I come home, oh my God, my back hurts, so what'd you do at work today? <sighs> I picked up a ream of paper off the shelf. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, you get to an age now where you start questioning every single thing. Absolutely. Maybe I should have, you know, maybe I should have done the, uh, not that I have any regrets, don't get me wrong, but. You start doing like the whole coulda, shoulda, woulda, and maybe I should have taken that spin class, and maybe I should have uh, went on a diet that my cousin went on ten years ago. Well, maybe I should have, you know, done this physically, you know, just just, just thinking about things, you know, and then uh, maybe the career choice wasn't too too good, you know what I'm saying? That kind of shit. So it is what it is. You, you know, know, I, I go, trust me, I go, I have those same thoughts pass through my mind. Should I have gone on the act? Atkins diet, but then again, Doctor Atkins, he died by falling on a sidewalk in New York City. Um, this but, is true. but, uh, but no, I, you know, it, I, I think back and I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have had this, or maybe I shouldn't have done that, or maybe I should have done this, or maybe I should have, uh, you know, taken better care of myself. But you know what? The hell with it. It's been a rough year. Rough 18 months, actually, because yeah. we're already past the part of saying it's a year. 18 months, and we're not getting any better, folks. No, New York City just put out a memo today from the governor and the mayor's office that they're going to start mandating uh, masks for indoor activities beginning the middle of next month. So, so. now, while we're on the subject of, of that, let me... Let me do bring this up because uh, I don't. I don't think that uh, I'm speaking out of place here. But Tony C's not here today. At least I don't expect him to be here today. Uh, Tony C did suffer a death in the family, and it was unfortunately COVID-related. And um, so, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to Tony and, and his family. But uh, he wants me to remind you once again that this is no joke, and you know, I know. Better than, uh, than, you know, probably most people, um, that this is no joke. I got the virus, and uh, you know, even though I'm I'm vaccinated, I've got antibodies, I've I've had antibody treatments, I've I've very precautions and everything. I'm still scared of because I don't trust those people over there. 
I don't trust the people outside. And um, so please take care of yourself because, you know, it is definitely dangerous out there. And um, and I'm, I'm in a hotbed right now in this damn Florida where, you know, we've got, I think we've got the highest spike in the country right now. And we, yep. beat, we beat our record on Saturday for the most recorded new cases since the pandemic started. So, um, congratulations to, to those of you that attended Rolling Loud two weeks ago. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we had a uh, company picnic this past week. And there was somebody that, you know, that works with us that had the virus that RSVP'd for the picnic and still was said, you know what, I could be better by the time uh, the picnic rolls around. I'm like, no, 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 stay home stay home yeah there are people that are like that yeah there are a lot of people who are like that we have uh we have a select i have i have a select few people that i know that just refuse to believe that this is all they believe this is a conspiracy they believe that this is all a farce yep that because they're healthy and their family and their immediate families are healthy that it's okay to carry on without without protection absolutely and I just got used to not wearing a mask in certain spots, literally just, like, weeks ago. Like, you know, and, and to this day, I mean, I still carry, like, I went to a restaurant yesterday um, after the Walmart run, right? And I, you know, we were in Jersey, and, and, they, and they've been more stricter than New York was. And I went in, and I had the mask in my pocket, like, and I went to grab it, and I'm like, and, and, and there's a big sign saying, you know, masks are, are optional. And I was like, all right. You know, but, like, I just got used to not having the mask, but I still have to wear it. At work every day, all day, right. wherever I am, I still have to wear it on public transportation, which I use every day. And you know, I still have to wear it in certain spots. I went to a ball game that was weird on Thursday, last Thursday, and it was beautiful to be there, but it was so weird not, you know, with all these people. And I'm like, and I sat in a great spot, you know, I was in behind home plate and wonderful seats, and I was like, I just, it was wonderful to be there, but just weird not having the mask on outside of with, with a bunch of people there. There had to be about at least. I don't know, maybe eighteen to twenty-four thousand people on a, on a, at a day game for a noon game on a Thursday, so it was pretty packed, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. Attorney C's just uh, uh, just texting me that he's being that he's um, with his wife tonight, um, pretty much uh, on her side because it it was a uh, it was a family member on her side of the family, so um, so he's with his wife uh, to uh, to be at her side, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, same thing here. The thing, uh, um, I, I would not go to a big, uh, big event, at least myself right now. Now you're saying you felt weird. We were doing, you know, in the, in the early planning stages of doing this picnic, I was, I was privy to the, to the planning part of it. And, um, all because, you know, I'm married to the person that was planning the picnic and, um, I said, well, you know, okay, this is outdoors, but how many people are we looking at having? I said, well, everybody, you know, that is local here is invited and family. So it could very easily be a, get to a, over 100 people. And I'm like, Ugh. luckily, luckily, and I say this jokingly, okay, all this planning, all this effort, all this rigmarole, and the event ended up being a big flop because nobody showed up. So, um, and not, had nothing to do with the pandemic, by the way. Nothing to do with the pandemic. 
just people don't have any respect. <laughs> there's this rush, this mad rush. Well, I can't speak for Florida, but it's probably the same thing there. But there's this big rush here in New York City mm-hmm. that be somewhere because people people been locked up for for a year and change. I get like it. I, you know, and it was like I it, the the medical calls. The psychiatric medical calls have been are uh, are up like a thousand percent now at my job, it. because people have been locked up for a year and, and now everybody's going stir crazy. I believe it. Yeah. I believe so it's it. like it's not it's, you know, people say well work can't be that busy anymore. I'm like no no it's just as busy as COVID because as when the pandemic first started because of the, of this urgency and and people losing their minds and, you know I live with fourteen million people in two hundred and thirty four countries so it's like it's. It's that kind of party here. People just running to get, to go to places, right, right. and I'm not in a rush. But in the same breath, it's like I I'm, I'm getting a little I'm getting a little cramped as you know you're, myself. You're, you're a little cabin fever, a little bit because I'm I'm a homebody. I've, I've been a homebody for a bunch of years now. I don't I don't mind not going out. Um, I just everything that I love extracurricular involves a crowd. You know, wrestling, which was weird a couple weeks ago when I went to MLW, and baseball, and football, and hockey, and all these things that I like to do outdoors, and the occasional concert, you know. So it's like all my extracurricular activities, ironically, even though I'm a homebody, involve the outdoors. And normally only one or two seasons a year, that you know, in either in, 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 the, in the fall, or the winter, or the, or the summer. Uh, so it's like, it's, it's, other than that, I'm home, but it's weird that people just want to run out the shit and not protect themselves, and I, and I don't, I, I mean, I did, I said, to, I said something on the last episode of the throwbacks. I, I don't want to be just public service announcement stuff. I don't want to be like that guy, but like, be mindful. Even if you don't want to take the vaccine, just be mindful of other people, especially if you're in a big place in a, in a big city. You know, you know, it's that kind of party. I'm just, uh, I'm seeing with Lee. Lee, uh, I asked Lee also to see if he's more than welcome to call in. But uh, Lee's taking care of something as well, so uh, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. shout out to Tony C. Uh, you shout you know, get, you yeah, know, absolutely. Get, get you in our prayers. Yeah, and, um, and by the way, for those of you that are wondering, I do have a surfer update, and uh, here's the latest surfer update. He is uh, <laughs> he is up to speed in the in the world of wrestling. He is up to speed in the world of movies because he already watched Suicide Squad. This was as of a few days ago. And yeah. um, and all he has to tell us, his loyal fan base, that it's hard to type in a moving vehicle when you're not driving, apparently. So, Shout out to Sergio. I was in his neighborhood about three weeks ago. I just didn't, I didn't, have, time, I didn't have any time to call him and get together with him. I, just had a, I went to the hotel, to the event, back to the hotel, and I went home the next day. Now, I asked Surfer to call in. This was, I talked to Surfer via text probably on Friday. And I, I told him, I said, just, you don't have to come on the air and be on the air for, for, for the duration of the show. Just call in for two seconds to, to tell everybody you're alive. And, uh, and he said, nah, nah, it's a little complicated to do that right now. I'll, I'm going to wait till things get, Clear up, and then I'll uh, I'll call in, and I'm like, okay, well, put if you have to put something on Memorex and, and send it to me, do it. I, people want to hear your voice, and with him, everything's complicated. But he's still watching wrestling. 
Well, thank God for that. Thank God for that, because he says he's wasting his uh, his bandwidth on on uh, on key on th- you know the the abominations being done to Keith Lee and and things like that. That was one of the text messages that he had sent me. Like, I can't believe I'm wasting bandwidth on this. Bandwidth. Bandwidth. His 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 data. He doesn't have any Wi-Fi where he is. His, I guess. He can't. Like he I, I, can't walk. Like there's there's free Wi-Fi on every block now. You can't. He's. Walk I, I don't know if he's mobile during the time his viewing times of wrestling. I don't know if he's mobile if he's watching it. You know when wrestling's not on. I don't know what he's doing. All I know is that he's complaining that he's wasting data watching garbage. We're wasting data talking about surface data. Exactly. I, I mean, even though it's unlimited dad data here on the on the feed, but uh, I still pay a price for it. But it's anyway, a premium. It's a premium price. That's right. Oh man. So yeah, surfer, if you're listening, which I doubt he is, but uh, call, just call in and say hello. And if you want, you can hang up. It's not that hard. <laughs> His 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 loyal fan his base. loyal fan base and Tony C and the guys miss him. Everybody misses Surfer. I mean, I, I I don't get to you guys until Wednesday morning, but um, that you're like my morning you you're my Wednesday ride to work. So um, that is an Olympic yeah. shit level. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, but uh, but yeah, but yes, please. Stay safe, people. I mean, this is no joke. We're we're now we're headed in a very bad direction. Florida is a mess right now. Our governor is a disaster. New York's governor is in no better shape, oh, but at least he's oh, controlling things with the virus. But uh, he just can't get his personal shit together. Um, but but here we've got a governor that said that they're not you know because here's what happened. School is going to start back up here in the next couple of weeks, and the school districts, the school districts in Florida, were going to require, you know, up until recently, the kids were not going to be required to wear masks because things had not started, you know, going down, and it was just in the last, I think, week, two weeks, that they were saying that well, the kids got to wear masks now going back to school. If things don't get better, this is just what what we're going to have to do. And our beloved governor of the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis, Republican, and I gotta say that, Republican, um, signed an executive order barring school districts from mandating mask use in the classroom. So now you've got the districts that are backpedaling and saying, well, kid comes to school he doesn't have to wear a mask if he doesn't want to and what kid what six year old okay you tell your six year old kid Mikey let's go back to when Mikey was six or seven years old if he was six or seven during this time period and you told Mikey Mikey when you go to school tomorrow make sure you keep your mask on all day and he says okay is he going to keep his mask on all day probably not no, he's he's fourteen. He won't keep. I have to, I have to force him to keep his phone on and his and and the mask in his pocket. Um, the five ten. I wear men's large now. You know. Oh god. Uh, yeah. No, he's over. He's a, yeah. But you know what? I got to tell you this, this whole this whole school thing is. I'm 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 divided because, um, he did so well being home. That I don't know if I told you guys. I probably did tell you guys this, but he did so well being home 
now he goes to high school next month, and it's like I'm I'm afraid because he was an honor student sitting home. Right. That's a you lot know, of kids so, were like that. Yeah. So like I don't know if I could. I'm not saying he can't do it because he can't, he's super smart. I mean, God bless him. But right. like I'm I'm worried about like him not interacting with anybody, but like. I mean, and he he picked his own high school and the, the, the programs he wanted and stuff like that. I'm like, shit, man, I'd rather you just stay home and be on the computer. I would do the same if so I had good, kids. You know? If I had kids, it'd be the same. As long as I'm working at home, you can stay home. And That's, but, but here's the thing. Let's say you didn't work at home. Yeah. And you and you were in my situation where you had a teenager. Or not even, let's say, let's say uh, it doesn't matter. Grade school doesn't matter. And the kid excelled being home. I'd find a way to make it work. Yeah, get it, you, 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 right? Because I don't know, honestly, I'm not, it, it's weird to me. Like, I was telling his mom this recently. I was like, I, 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 I'm, I'm on the fence on it. Like, I'd rather him not be in school because he, he kicked ass at home. Right? I, yeah, I would I would find a way to make it work. He's old enough to where he could be alone, but then again, that could be a disaster waiting to happen too. And um, because when you get to that high school age, what's the first thing you want to do when you get up in the morning? Go back to sleep. So, um, so boss, my the the girlfriend just texted me. She said most kids. She she teaches pre K uh-huh. right now. She said most kids leave their mask on in my school, and they were scared to take theirs off. Maybe that maybe that's a New York thing though. Maybe in New York, it's she works. In, she works in the hood. Like she's in like in the hood hood. Like she's but that's like Tangville. But that's the know? thing. You guys were at one time the worst area in the country when it came to this to the pandemic. And the restrictions were a lot stricter up in your neck of the woods than they were down yes. here. We we yes. had our own restrictions and stuff, but they were extreme in New York compared to where they were in a lot of other places. So maybe it's ingrained with the kids there than it is with the kids here. Because let me tell you something. Down here, okay, down here, if the adults during the worst time of the pandemic when it was last summer that they could not keep their masks on because they did that whole thing with their nose hanging out of the top of the mask like it looks like your your dick is hanging out of your pants or something or, your, or the hole in your boxer shorts you thank you and um if their parents are doing that the kids are doing that too and i there are, when when the when the restrictions started you know easing up here and you could if you were vaccinated, you could go to this store without a mask and blah, blah, blah. I picked and choose what stores I wore and my mask and didn't wear my mask. For example, Walmart, I always wear a mask. Why? And this is not being insensitive in any way. But the type of people that go to Walmart are the type of people that help contaminate everybody else. So I, I'll pick and choose. I've been going to classy Walmarts. If I went to the Walmart, there is no such thing as a classy Walmart down here, though. I know that. I mean, I'm talking about because there's none in New York near me. So I go to Jersey, right? Okay. I always go to Jersey because I'm always ten minutes away from Jersey. But like, if uh, I go to like there's certain spots like in Bayonne, uh-huh. where it's like you know you that's where the, the you know the Houdini wrote songs about that. The freaks come out at night, you know, but they uh-huh. come out in the daytime too over there. You definitely wear a mask there. You, you're picking and choosing, you know. So, uh, it's just, it's... I like, I'll go to Target, but I won't wear a mask. In Target, I don't wear a mask. Yeah, because Target's <laughs> like the, the Westchester of Walmart. It's a classier Walmart. Costco Costco is a zoo. Costco, I wear a mask. Well, Costco's terrible here 
We don't. I, I we Costco on on Staten Island is awful because it's in the middle of the island and it's very very. Uh, I don't want to say ethnic. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say ethnic. Yeah, fuck it, ethnic. <laughs> okay, but it's like yeah. it's but it's really but it's really like no matter what time of day, it's just a matter of it's it's the, the, the thing is it's common courtesy. It, this is not a, a a red thing, a blue thing. It's a fucking human thing. It's a like exactly. common. No one has common courtesy. If you live on top of someone, fourteen gazillion people, you know, do the right thing. Or if you're in a crowded place, do the right thing. That's the bottom line. It's it's not. It's it's no longer about, you know, well, I don't believe in this. I don't believe in that. You don't. No one's forcing you. But if you're gonna if you're gonna go to someone's establishment, and they want you to wear a mask. Put a mask. I, I'll give you an example of, of how the way people behave down here. I work with somebody that she essentially she has a really big mouth, and uh, and and she's got no qualms telling somebody off in a public setting, none whatsoever, and giving them a piece of her mind. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I mean, going off, we're talking about going off, going off, yelling and screaming and everything. So. She was in, uh, we were talking on Sunday prior to this picnic thing, and she said on the way to the picnic, she had to tell somebody off in Walgreens. And I'm like, well, why? I was like, because this dude was up against me, like, in the line to pay, like, like crowding my space. And she had to tell him off, like, dude, back the hell up, you know, like, you're, they're supposed to still, you know, you can still observe social distancing. But here's my thing. Pandemic aside, there are people here that'll still invade your space because they they can invade your space. There's no decency. Like I would never get so close to somebody in in, in any type of setting if I'm waiting in line to pay for you know a goddamn Kit Kat at a Walmart or something or, or Walgreens, and I wouldn't be on top of breathe. Uh, uh. No, no, I would right. never do that. And it's why the hell would it's common courtesy? Exactly. Why would you do that in a pandemic? Yeah, but this yeah, is it, that's it, the type it, of people he, down it, here that do it twenty four seven. It happens here too. It's more the, the 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 reason why it happens here is because a no one has any fucking courtesy, mm-hmm. but b everybody's in a rush. C on top of all that, no one wants to lose their place in line. Case in point, you go to Walmart, the Walmart's here, and I know it works down there too. The lines get so big, they yeah. go into the aisles. Yeah, same here. Right? Right, so if I'm in the aisle with the plus-size fucking women's clothes, right? Uh, <laughs> okay, which is fine, because we shop there. We go to this area once in a while. Matt, we were there yesterday. We shopped in, a, in that aisle, right? Yes. But, like, you're in this aisle, and you'll get the mom... With the with the young daughter who's also not too not too small, right? And you'll get them, and they'll come over to you. Now, what I'll try to do is, the best of my ability, I will move the cart bodily, push it to the side, so I can let you look at the at the at the fucking corduroy, the corduroy jacket that that you that you're gonna you're gonna buy in July, but you're gonna wear in October, right? You know. Because you have to look at it now, you know? Right. And then the daughter's like, well, I want this color. I want that color. And now they're sitting in there hovering over you, okay? Their mask is hanging out like the dick out, you know, like the old ring choppy bell for that. And it's like, you know, in, in, in your, and you're just like, oh, like, you know, now you feel skeeved because, like, they're all over you. Like, exactly. It's like, exactly. Right? The, the thing is, too, here on Staten Island, too, Staten Island is the worst. They got these um these overgrown 
children. I call them the, the I call them the uh, reformed Guidos, like the, old, the older the older Italian guys, yeah. who who drive a pickup truck for no fucking reason. Um, but they'll come on. They won't wear a mask. If they if they use public transportation, they like, I ain't I ain't wearing no mask over here. I ain't wearing no fucking mask. And they come on and they it's they're obnoxious, you know. And but but they're the first ones in in Seven Eleven. Or Walmart or whatever to be right on top of you. You know, it's oh, like it, it's the worst. It's, people have no courtesy, and, and they take the human element out of it. You know, it's like it's a well, yo, you're you're a fucking liberal. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a liberal. I'm just I have I have courtesy. Just keep you. you, you that should be you a point. That six feet of distance, you'll have at least two to three feet. And even if you don't, like, don't breathe on top of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, do the right thing. Don't be a bully. You know. <sighs> Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, let me just. Uh, I just want to get a, uh, uh, a Reese's peanut butter cup. Uh, hello to Rob in the chat room. Oh, Mantingo <laughs> checking in. Um, absolutely, I agree with you 100%. Now, let me ask you this. There is controversy on. Where you should check out. Are you a self-checkout person? Or do you still let somebody do the checkout for you? Because there's two schools of thought here. They say the self-checkout is dirtier than somebody handling the checkout for you. So, I, up until a year ago, because uh, Steph is my, Stephanie, my girlfriend, she's the, uh, she's the transportation right, right now for shopping. Right. So when she goes shopping, I'll just do the tag along. Be like, all right, you know what? I by the time she needs something, I'll probably need it too. So I said, so so I'll take the ride with her, right. and we go to Wally's and every other spots, right? So we've been doing the self checkout, not because of the the skivats, but because of the the inability to be at a pace at a certain pace. Mm-hmm. Now with the, when you when you're backed up in the plus size aisle, it's because you have Jafar at the, at the count at the counter because most of these uh, uh most of the WalMarts in, in New Jersey are all East Indian people, right? So now you have I had a guy yesterday his name was Jafar, but um, uh, you you can't you can't really he's wor- he's working like you know two miles an hour you know and there's there's nine people now in the plus size aisle waiting for him, uh-huh. so Steph's like fuck it let's just do that and we'll go to the, we'll go to the checkout. Then it, what we're really what, what's the worst feeling is 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 um when you now, like good case in point yesterday she does her shopping I uh, we have we share a card then we split it so now I, I'm paying for my stuff apparently the chase cards don't work in the self checkout aisle okay there's no there's, there's no sign now I have two different chase cards you know so I can, in case one didn't work I can move the money over to like my savings account whatever right but even if I want to do that I couldn't do it because they don't work so now, now I'm sitting there trying to punch I'm trying to pay for my gimmick. And it, and I'm like nothing. So now, kid walks over to me. Goes, oh no, the chase cards don't work. Well, well how am I going to pay for this? He goes, well, I can print up a barcode, but you have to go in the regular aisle for that. You have to go in the regular line. I'm like, so well, let me get this straight now. I'm saying to myself. So now I'm like, no, no, Steph's like, this is bullshit. She tells it. She usually have a sign up here, right? She tells the kid, right? But now, to, I had to avoid the line to begin with. But now I have to get a barcode and go online and pay for my stuff because. You, it's just this. It depends on the flow of the store. Um, the theory is is the flow. It had nothing to do with the um, 
with the with the people not being safe. Because uh, no, not ninety percent, maybe ninety five percent of the people who work the registers here at the Wally's and other stores, bigger stores, they're all wearing masks. Even in our local Salomares, uh, tiny grocery stores, you know, everybody's wearing a mask. Supermarkets, everybody's wearing a mask. Right. So it's like it, that's not the issue. The issue is is the flow. Is the flow of the people here? I can't speak for where you are, but it's the, it really it's the flow. I like handling my own groceries, whether the aisle is clean or not. But I like scanning the things myself because then I pack it myself how I want it. I don't let some some goon, you know, pack my things because that's the thing. I go to Publix here sometimes, and in Publix, there's not too many uh, locations offer self checkout. But the one I go to doesn't, so you gotta let the bag boys pack your thing, and they just throw whatever in the bag. And uh, that's why I like, ba- you know, I like scanning myself. I like bagging myself, and I don't care if it's dirty or not, because nine times out of ten, I'll spray my stuff when I get home anyway. But, um, but yeah, no, I feel your pain, man. You know, it's it, the safety thing. Is not, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about the safety thing, as we say. I was in the beginning. Also in the chat room. I was um, in the beginning. Yeah, but I'm not that. That's not, my my thing is the flow, and I'd rather not do the checkout personally. I'd rather if you get paid fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage here, so now I got to do self checkout because you're slow. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I, people, I, it's just ridiculous. You know what it is? I think I think what it with me it's because I was a cashier, so I I I, I think I have that in me that I could do if you know. Yeah, but I don't you need jerk off. Did you work two miles an hour? No, I like. Okay, so and I worked at Dollar Tree, and I had to. This is before the days of, of scanners. Believe it or not, in two thousand one, when I worked at Dollar Tree, they didn't have scanners in the store, so you had to man. But everything was a dollar, so you had to count all the merchandise that was on the counter. So if somebody dumped a basket on there, you'd be counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, you whatever, and you would hit twenty times a dollar plus the tax and everything, and that's how you ring them up. Right, but, but, but young double A wants to make it home for, for Nitro. And exactly. You know, he, right, and he doesn't want to be a douche. Exactly. And there's, and there's five people in the aisle, and people, some people, people, there's people in the Dollar Tree that do their major shopping in the Dollar Tree because they don't have a lot of money. Speaking speaking, so, speaking of young double A spending, uh, you know, rushing home to be, uh, be home for Nitro, the last Nitro I was working that night in Dollar Tree, I was pissed. So I had to come home and watch the last Nitro on a tape delay. But anyways, continue. No, no, no. But like you know, it, it's it's just I don't know, man. You, you but you have a different. We have different work ethics. We I've been do. Since I'm really young. You've been working since you're really young. Yes. So it's like you know we have that work ethic. I think it's like, and I'm I'm one of those people. I have tunnel vision if I'm working. I, I can't. Sometimes I have too much tunnel vision. I can't be if I if I slow up. It ruins me. Like it'll ruin the day. It'll ruin like if, if something slows me up, I'm I'm ruined. I'm, I'm better at so it now, am I. But like so yeah. am I. My shift starts at eight thirty, and I my shift technically is supposed to end at five thirty, and today at five fifteen or whatever, you know, my supervisor sends me a message and says, "Hey, I need you to help you know this person out and whatever. They're they're really behind." And I said, "Okay, fine." I worked today, okay, until 8.15. I mean, I cooked dinner and stuff while I was still on the clock, but I would start the dinner, go back to the computer, do some more. Stir the stir the dinner, go back to the computer, do some more. I served my plate, 
brought it to back to the computer. I've finished out what I had to do, and that's it. At eight fifteen, I was finally I was off the clock. But I'm like you. Once once I'm in that June June June, it, I can't. You know, I'm the type that'll continue working. If if I had my druthers, and they gave me the okay to work as long as I wanted, I probably. And if I didn't have to do this show. And if I didn't have a wife and, and a life to live, I probably would have sat at that computer till midnight or one o'clock in the morning doing as much as I can so that tomorrow morning when the day starts, the day will start out smooth. I'm that type of person. And um, I've always been like that. Not when I did retail. That was a whole different story. But, you know, it's... Uh, retail... If, if you've worked retail, okay, you're either good at it or you're really bad at it. And Shailen's in the chat room. She, she says she worked at Pathmark 20 years ago. And uh, and I know Shailen also worked or worked, or I don't know if she still does. Retail, work at, yeah. Worked and at she Macy's. Did, she did work retail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and um, you know, for somebody to be at retail that long, that means you have to be good at it because... If you don't last in retail, you're you're showing the door pretty quick. I was in retail for three and a half years, and I left on my own accord. But I was an assistant manager and, and things like that. It's a brutal business, man. It's a brutal business. But yeah, that's yeah. Well, that goes back to why I like scanning my own shit because I have control. No, I'd, rather, over I'd rather have somebody do it because I'm, I'm getting paid to do it. You know, it's like, but no, you've been error up. But you know, but yeah, you're right. Even now, though, even, even now, now though, but even now the ordering food like at McDonald's and Burger King and things like that, I do it all through the app. Yeah, and you and pick I'll, it up at the yeah, and I pick it up at the counter, yeah. and I pick it up at the at the drive thru or whatever. I don't have to rely on these assholes in the drive-through not understand yeah give me a number one with extra mac sauce or give me a number one with no cheese or whatever and then i find you know i open the box and the damn thing is extra cheese or you know the complete opposite of what i wanted i'm not saying that the order is going to come correct because i put it in myself that doesn't take but it's the error the uh the possibility of error it definitely is reduced by a lot Taking taking nothing away from retail or or um, fast food workers or anything like that. And here in New York, there are first responders who make less than what these people make. Yep. First responders, yep. like, like I believe saving it. people. I believe okay. it. And it was for me. Now I'm like I take it personally, and I really shouldn't. I guess I should because I'm a first responder, right? But if I order something from like uh, you know like if I go into a retail store and you don't know your, your inventory, or if I go into a McDonald's and you don't get my order right, if I do it through you or a kiosk, like that's fifteen dollars an hour starting. Exactly. You know, I I know a fire department emergency medical technician who makes starting thirteen seventy five or fourteen dollars an hour. Okay, and they're on the street ten eight ten and twelve hours a day saving people's lives. Yep. And you if can they, and you can get a goddamn burger. Yeah, and you can't right. get a goddamn burger right. Right, and you can't get my fucking... You can't get no pickles, no onions on my waffle? <laughs> I, I love I love pickles, and I don't like their pickles. <coughs> no pickles, no onions. I don't like I don't like fast food pickles. They're, 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 they're disgusting, right? Really? I like so, fast food pickles. No pickles no, you can't get no pickles, no onions right? I want it my way. $15 an hour. I had a friend who used to always ask for his Whopper to be cut in half. I hated that. Oh, that's that's petty shit, man. Like, that, I hate that. That's petty shit. Like, no, I'm talking about like simple things. Or if you order, 
uh, if you have a child and you get them a Happy Meal, okay, and they'll ask you if you is it a boy or a girl, and <laughs> you, you you give them agenda, which is fine. And most kids don't give a shit. They'll play with toys anyway. But if you get a, you get a smart ass kid who's over the age of five, and you give them a an Avenger, and you don't give them the Barbie fucking Dreamhouse car in 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 in, in the gimmick, you got a problem on the way home. How many parents? Okay? Are, how many how many parents are going up to the counter now and they ask that question? Like, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. What's sure. my kid recognizing as? I don't care. They I don't know. Probably, McDonald's probably going to wind up having like a transgender uh, Happy Meal eventually. A uh, gender neutral you know? Happy Meal. The gender neutral, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Which is fine. I mean, fine, but I guess, the, yeah. the, 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 the point is, it's $15 an hour here in New York. Like, and, and don't, that, fuck, don't fuck it up. That and they're. Okay. You've had Jollibee, right? Did you have yes, Jollibee? Yes. I had it last summer for the first time. Okay. And it was great, right? It was it was good. Okay, yeah. so they're opening Jollibee literally five minutes from my house, and I've been well, so. Let me know what Jollibee is. Is it's a Filipino fast food? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fried right. chicken. It's Filipino fried chicken. That's their their, right. their signature. So, anyways, I had it. In, I heard I had heard about Jollibee long before I had went to New York, and when I went to New York, I made it a uh, a, a thing that. You know, our hotel was across the street from Jollibee, and I said, before we leave New York, I need to at least go in and, and get me something from Jollibee just so I could taste it for myself. And I did, and I was like, okay, this is really good. Okay, great. Now I can see what the appeal is. They're opening a Jollibee five minutes from my house, and this Jollibee has been under construction now for over a year. It's, it's, in, the, it's in a location where there used to be a Panera, and... I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and thinking, okay, they're going to open at some point. They're going to open. And I see the construction going on because all the windows, you know, they're they're not covered with newspaper or anything like that. And you look and it's like, okay, well, this restaurant looks like it's ready to open. When the hell are they going to open? Come to find out, okay, the reason why they haven't opened, they can't find enough employees to hire. And here we are. I'm driving the streets of South Florida. You know, in 2021, during a, a global pandemic, and there are jobs open everywhere because every damn store in this area has a a now a now hiring sign, and the McDonald's here, they got huge billboard size. You know, signs that say eleven, thirteen, eleven, twelve dollars an hour with benefits and and you know paid vacation and blah blah blah. All you know, everything spelled out. McDonald's, and yeah, we've got people on the side of the road coming up. You know, with a with their hand out, holding up a sign. They 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 don't look like they've missed a meal, but it's just easier to go up and say, hey. Give me five bucks. Give me this. Give me instead of going to these five million places that are hiring and saying, "Give me a job." It's driving me crazy. Yeah, it's 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 bad news. I mean, I, 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 just, I don't it, expect it, it, that guy that took a shit in the bucket in the subway in New York to go into McDonald's and ask for a job. But when I see somebody walking around with clean sneakers, jeans, and a T-shirt, sunglasses, and a ca- and a baseball cap on the side of the road. Asking for a handout, you could go in and get a job, dude. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna get worse the older you get. That feeling you have in your gut right now about this, I, I, I think this every single day. 
There's a I I take a, an express bus in the morning. Which an express bus in New York means it just it skips through and goes right to a certain borough. So I go from Staten Island to Manhattan. It doesn't make any more other stops. This particular bus goes through New Jersey into the Holland Tunnel back to New York City. When you come out of the tunnel, there's a dude there every single day. Designer jeans, Nikes, baseball cap, like you said, and he's begging for he's begging, he's begging. Right by down block from Times Square. And the one, the ones that really drive me up the wall, and I, this is, I, I shouldn't be so judgmental. I really shouldn't. But the, what drives me up the wall is when I see the family on the corner, the husband, the wife, and the two kids. But it's not that you see them once, but you see them in the same corner for like six months, and they haven't moved. It's like, really? It's been six months and you haven't been able to find anything? Yeah. It, it's it, Again, it's that work ethic, man. It's, it's, that, it's that old, it's that newer generation sense of entitlement. Uh, you, we don't, you don't have enough time, dude. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough time on, you, you have to do several podcasts about that. It's it, seriously. It's it's not. It, and this is, has nothing to do with. This is not political. No, it's not. This is not. This is not racial. Because you see all races. It's not just. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's worse here, dude. It's worse here. No, I can you get imagine. Everybody. You get everybody. It's not just one particular race or ethnicity. You get it. It's everybody, bro. I can imagine. Everybody. You've got you've got seven times the population than Miami, and it's crammed in a smaller in a, in a smaller space. I can imagine it's it's a lot worse. Yeah. So I mean. It's that work ethic, you know. It's it's you know. I, I had no choice. I was working some twelve years old. I had I had no choice. You were in the family business. You had no you you had really not not really not a choice. We had no choice. We had to work at a young age, and that that work ethic was instilled in us. We come from a working family. Our yeah. pa- our, our families, you know. It's I never was at any point in my life, you know. Swimming in money that I could say, well, phew. I could say I'm farting through silk. No, I, I've never in my life been able to say that. Have I had periods where I was maybe a little bit comfortable than other time periods? Sure, everybody goes through that. But I've been working continuously, okay, continuously. I started working in my, in my parents' restaurant when I was 12 years old. And then when the restaurant closed, you know, I didn't work for, you know, because I was a kid still. I started working continuously when I was 17 years old. And since I'm 17 years old, I have been working nonstop without interruption, with the exception of maybe a month in between the the retail and when I picked up an office job. Continuously since I'm 17 years old. So I've been working nonstop for 22 years. Okay? Have I had that? And I've actually, I think I've sat down and actually tried to figure this out uh, mathematically how much I've made in my lifetime and when I've calculated it and you you think of all the hours and the and the, the, the sweat and the, the blood and the just yeah blood you know because sometimes you get cut and whatever you get hurt of course, or whatever. Of course. The thing, all the all the all the, the the bullshit you've put through you know over 22 years of working and then when you look at the dollar amount at the end of the day like that's all I've made in 22 years, you know, and and yet you've got people now, like like you said, 
that are working at McDonald's that my first year working, my first year working, I was making five fifteen an hour. Yeah, I'm one of those guys now that's that's like, oh well, you know, back in my day, whatever. But in two thousand or nineteen ninety nine and two thousand, five fifteen was minimum wage, I believe. And when I got bumped from five fifteen, I'll never forget it. Five fifteen to six ten. I thought, oh shit, I'm rolling in it now. Because it was a big deal. If I walked in the door at 17 years old anywhere, okay, I, I've even contemplated this. Like, okay, well, wait a minute. I'm doing this job that I'm at now. Eh, I make an okay living. It's enough. It pays the bills. It does this or whatever. But then when I hear things like Bank of America, the minute you walk in the door, they're going to hand you $25 an hour. I'm like, yeah. really? 25 I said, I almost started working at a bank. I wonder. You know, it's like I, I have contemplated. I've even contemplated myself. said, you know what? There's so much jobs out there. I've even, con- I don't think I'll ever do it. But I've said, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity to take up a second job and build up a few extra bucks. Because if all these places like McDonald's and the supermarkets and Target and whatever are going to fork over, you know, 10 to $15 an hour just essentially to sit there and look like a jackass for a couple of hours a day because they're desperate for the help, so you pretty much can dictate when you want to work, Yeah, I would do it. Yeah. Clear a couple of hundred dollars uh, a week just from, uh, you know, sitting in Target or, or McDonald's. I could sit there and fr- make French fries for a couple of hours on a Saturday. Sure, why not? I think it's just the work. Again, it, it comes down to the work ethic, boss. You know, yeah. as the fucking Marlins beat the Mets again, this is ridiculous. Anyway, um,. No, it's just it's the, it's the work ethic, man. And I and I you know I tell I tell my nephew my nephew's just turned eighteen, graduated high school, trained to be a fireman, picked up he picked up a job. Uh, you know he basically dropped almost dropped out of high school. He switched to a night program because he hated going to school. He exceeded, did the whole honors thing, and now he's training to be a fireman. And I and I and now he's working he's working he's doing odd jobs with a construction company, whatever it was. And I said, dude, just don't. I said, you know, you sit, your mom, your dad. Your dad is one of the hardest workers I know. It's that work ethic. I said, don't ever lose that. Yeah. I'm like, you know, can't make your own money. Don't rely on anybody. And you'll be. You know, listen, I've I've owned homes. I lost homes. I, you know, and I I've I've owned a lot. I've lost a lot. I live check to check. To this day, like if you know, I'm, I live check to check, and I don't care. I've worked two jobs several times in my life. Yeah. But I, I just get, I just get, I get burnt out and I quit. So it's like for me, it's it's only I, I haven't not had a job since I'm thirteen years old, twelve, thirteen years old. So like I, I've never not gone without money like right. that in my life, ever. Exactly. And neither so have I. I. It's a work ethic, you know. You know, and, and I'm 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 like any other person in this country. I've spent myself into a financial disaster. I've made those stupid mistakes all, you know, 19, 20-year-olds make and, and charge up 5 million credit cards. And then yeah. you just, 
you say screw it. Uh, hey, I got no 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 qualms to to, to to you know talk about my past. I've uh, and of course I've I've beat the credit bureau, but that's that's all different story. But anyways, um, I've charged up credit cards. I've had a car repossessed, and I I but I intent but I purposely had the car repossessed. It's not that I didn't make payments. I purposely repossessed the car because the guy, I bought another car and the guy told me the best thing you could do is get your car repossessed. I said, okay, I'll do it. And I did. I just let the car sit there and they eventually took the car away. And I had a bat, I had the other car ready to go. But, um, I've, I've had cars repossessed. I've, I've defaulted on credit cards that I can't, you know, begin to tell you. I've somehow, somehow out there in the world, you know, I got a free computer from Dell because I never paid for it, and um, you know those are things. Those are things you make as a as a stupid kid when you're just starting out in the world and and you're broke. Sometimes you're broke. Sometimes you're not broke. You know, I, I went through that whole thing where you put two dollars and fifty cents of gas at the pump because that's all you have just to your, get you home. Just yeah. to get you home, or and but then again, gas was a dollar fifteen. You know, yeah, yeah. So that was two uh, two gallons of gas. So it got you. It gave you sixty miles. You know, depending on the car. Yeah. But I'm pushing fifty, and I'm and I'm still maybe three grand away from being debt free. Well, you're in a better position but, than I am. But be, but because but because I didn't have anything in my name. Every time I got married, I would have the house wouldn't be in my name, but I pay for it. The cars wouldn't be in my name, but I pay for it. So now I have nothing in my name, and I have to shit credit. I can't go and get a car right now, or I can't go and get a fucking house. I mean, I can first time, but you have to put, you know, I mean, my credit's in what, the, the sixes right now? But if once I clean it up, I'll be all right. But, like, it took me almost 20 years to clean that shit up on myself. You see? You know, so, it, so yeah. it's like, it's, not, it's, it's, it is what it is. You know, you make mistakes, you, you, you work it out, you know? You see, I'm, the only thing I'm looking forward to, okay? That the only thing I'm currently looking forward to in my life, all right? Is paying off this house, and and I'm I'm about three years away from from the house being paid off, and if I can get it paid off, you know, without refinancing, because you know, every year the more I don't know why this damn mortgage company they want to raise the the mortgage uh, every year, but um, if I can get this house paid off in the next three three and a half years, oh. I'll be happy as a clam and I can live the rest of my life without any problems. It's, you know, it's these goals and it's great that when you when you become an adult, like you said, you mentioned we make mistakes as kids and, you know, we're on credit cards yeah. and shit like that. You know, these, these, um, these, these, these short-term goals as adults, they're so gratifying because, oh, yeah. like, you know, you, you, it, they're, they're in reaching distance. When we were kids, like, that'll never happen to me. You always say to yourself, that'll never happen, that'll never happen, but stuff happens because you don't set those goals. As an adult, you set these same goals and they're achievable, so it's like, all right, these these life these these life goals, these like, these adult like, adulting. You know, I always say adulting sucks, you yeah. know, but like it, it does. But I, I that's why I tell my nephew, man, don't. He just got his first credit card. I'm like, dude, <laughs> just be mindful. You know, you can, you're gonna make these mistakes. Listen, you're, gonna, you're you're 18 years old. You're gonna make you're gonna make decisions now that'll affect you for the rest of your life, but you won't know it yet. You know, so like I'm telling you this because I was you. You know, X amount of years ago, so whatever it is. But I, again, it, it all comes down to that work ethic. 
you know. So I, I, I this is this is uh, this is one of those uh, childhood stupidity mistakes I had. One of the first credit card I ever got was a Birdines card, which Birdines is like Macy's. Well, it is Macy's now, but uh, but that was like the, the big store here in Florida, and uh, I got a Birdines credit card. Because the the car dealership, when I got my first car, they said you don't have credit. You you don't have, don't have credit established, so you need to establish credit. We're going to approve you for the car loan with your dad and your mom co-signing for you, but you need to further your credit. So go out and get a credit card. And they said the best thing you do is go get a department store credit card. And I said okay. I went. I got my department store credit card. I was so happy. Two hundred dollar credit limit. And the first, one of the first things I bought, okay, and I've never been a big thing with clothes or anything, but when I got this card, I was like, oh shit, watch out. And I was a senior in high school, and I went to Birdines, and I bought a $40 beige Calvin Klein shirt, 1X. And. Squeezes the size in there. And, uh,. Phil, I shit you not, that shirt cost $40 plus tax, and that that shirt in 2021 is sitting in my closet with the tag still on. <laughs> so, <laughs> it has got the tag on, the st- Bernides is out of business because they got bought by Macy's, and uh, that 1X, uh, yeah. That one X was a lifetime ago. Was it was a whole double A ago? Yeah, that was. The I, I was single A back then, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that that's and, oh, and I still I had luscious black hair on top of that. So okay. uh, yeah. so that was a whole lifetime. I was I was a good looking bastard when I was in high school. You so were I was felt, I was felt. I was. All of a hundred and I was six one, a hundred and ninety five pounds. I was twisted, oh, twisted steel, steel and sex appeal. Daddy. And I bought this forty dollars shirt, thinking, "Damn, I'm gonna look so hot in this shirt." Never wore the damn thing because it's still got the tag on it. So that's the stupidity that you do as a kid, and um, you know, everybody's got to go through that, though. Of course, you have to. You have to. Because you don't uh, learn that otherwise. True. 100%. Yeah. Anyways, so now that we've talked about adulting for an hour and the pandemic and and and, <laughs> and Jollibee and, and, you know, Phil doesn't like fast food pickles. That's, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say that. They but, use one kind of pickle. It's, it's like it's, and it's, it's shriveled up and it's not good. It's... Doesn't taste fresh. Ha- that, that's, that's why they're called hamburger dills. I you okay? So then, what type of pickle do you like? I like a hamburger dill from my fridge, cut up and fresh. I don't want it sitting in some fucking bucket for seventeen hours. It gets all nasty. But wait a minute. So do you do, wait, do you buy a jar of already sliced pickles, or are you slicing the pickle yourself? Oh no! I, I, it depends. Most of the time, I get them. I get them cut like oh, okay. in the jar. Right, but if, once in a while, if you can get it cut, if you can cut one yourself, you, you're lucky. But no, that really doesn't happen. Let's go to the Amish market and get all the, 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 the shit fresh. But that's rare. But no, you get a child. I like bread and butter. I like dill. Oh, no, I can't stand I like, bread and uh, butter. Little half sour gimmicks. You know what I'm saying? But like, would a hamburger pickle 
no one, unless I'm going to like a diner or not even a, a, a some some of these theme restaurants do fuck it up. Like they, it, it's nasty. It sits in that bucket for hours and it doesn't have the same. The consistency is gross. It doesn't have like a, a crisp crunch to it. It's all it's all soggy and then it doesn't taste right sometimes. It says I give up on it. You know. See, and I and I go and I ask for extra pickles at Burger King. All all you got a lot of guys do. I I don't. I'm very. I, I'm not. A, I, I love onions. They don't. They don't like fill. So I don't get onions on my <laughs> shit. I get no onions, no pickles, right? But I love. I love that stuff. I just don't like. You know, when I go to the Jewish delicatessen, Harold's out here and on in Jersey. It's a. It's it's like a. It's ridiculous. This place. They have a pickle bar, and that thing before the pandemic. Obviously, you can't go to the pickle bar now. But you, go, you can go walk into the pickle bar and think, yeah, it's all the fixings for your sandwiches. And they have 17 kinds of pickles. We have a pickle spot in the Lower East Side in Jewish neighborhood on Essex Street. Those guys are ridiculous. You can buy buckets of this stuff, right? But it's fresh. It's, it is a constant turnover. It is not, you're not sitting, it's not sitting in some little bucket next to the, next to the fries, you know? Yeah. It's gross. I'm sorry. But uh, it pick, is what it is. Uh, pickle bar, uh, the pickle bar. I think that's a gay bar yeah. down in South Beach. Hello, Frisco. Uh, anyways, um, but yeah, I uh, okay. I, I I like pickles, but uh, I guess I as long as they're dill, I'm good. I don't care if they come from Burger King or they come from McDonald's or they come from. As long as they, I can't take pickles that have like that that they are just on the verge of still being considered a cucumber. I can't take that. Uh, that's no unacceptable to, have some to consistency me. to it. Are you a Chick Fil A guy? You like Chick Fil A? Yeah, I am. You do okay. Chick Fil A has decent pickles, but I think for it's all reason, the same. For some reason, what? But I think it's all the same. I don't think so, man. They they're, they're much fresher. They have a bit a, a bit of a better crunch to them. They even different. They're lighter colored. Like it's like it, it looks fresh. These ones you get in like McDonald's or Burger King, they look shriveled. Like they they, they sat in these juices for like seventeen years. You know what I'm saying? I guess. So, I yeah, guess. man. I don't know. I've never I've never really. Analyze the the pickle situation at uh, my at my fast food establishments before. Only because of taste. I didn't I didn't start looking at it until until there was taste. I mean, I um, I, I I would I'm a fan of you know getting like a like a good burger and there's a pickle spear on the side. I like that, preferably, but not everywhere does that. Right. And um, but okay, well. Now that that's all out of the way, uh, let's get into the second hour of this program and talk wrestling because there is some important wrestling news going on on the internets right now. And um, I guess let's start with one that Phil uh, Phil broke the news at least on Facebook um, about an hour ago or a little bit more than an hour ago, and that was that uh, Jody Hamilton, the legendary assassin. Yeah. Uh, Nick Patrick's father has passed away. He was 82 years old. Um, so another a true uh, an icon in the industry gone. Um, I don't know too much about the assassins, but I mean I, they were a big deal in Georgia and and in other territories. But I, I really did not. By the time I started watching wrestling, the assassins, you know, had already gone away, and and then the assassin. Um, uh, the masked assassin Jody Hamilton, he was a manager in WCW for a cup of coffee, but you know his real claim to fame was that he ran the power plant. 
Yes, he ran a power plant with uh, Sergeant uh, Buddy Lee Parker. Yeah, and um, he was in charge of pretty much just the the general operation of the power plant, and he helped train, uh, you know, a lot of the guys, Goldberg, Diamond Dallas, Page, um, and, you know, there's a bunch of other names that have come through the power plant that I can't think of right now, but, you know, those yeah. are the two big ones. Yeah, they they ran, it, it, actually, Jody had uh, one, two, three, he had a couple of partners, actually, as he, there were several partners, including Hercules Hernandez. Uh, and Randy Colley, who you guys know was the very first demolition smash before uh, before uh, Barry Darso. But they they were big from the 60s to the 80s, and like Double A said, in Georgia. Mainly Georgia in yeah. the early 60s, but they ran through the Mid-Atlantic, Florida, they went to Cali. They wrestled for, I think, Don Owens in the Pacific Northwest Territory. Um, but yeah, but he's Jody Hamilton, and I, this, his, I didn't know this till today. I didn't know that was Nick Patrick's dad. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I had no idea. And Nick, know, and Nick Patrick, Jody uh, Hamilton, um, if I, if, my, my, my history could be bad here, but Jody, when there was the, uh, there was a split in Atlanta for, for the territory, part, part of the territory went to, uh, um, to Ann Gunkel and then part the other part of the territory went to, um, um, Paul, not not the wrestler Paul Jones, the promoter Paul Jones, and a group of other wrestlers that included um, uh, one of the Fullers, the not Robert Fuller, um, his dad, I think I can't remember his name right now, and they were they were running their group, and Jody worked for, I believe, Ann, and he was a part of that group trying to put the other promotion out of business. And of course, it was the other way around that, you know, Paul Jones and this company put Ann Gunkel out of business uh, because I guess Ann Gunkel spent too much time sleeping with Ted Turner. That's the story <laughs> that that goes around. But that happened in the early seventies. But he he eventually made it back to Georgia, uh, working in the office, and it was in the office where uh, he said, "Okay, I've got a son." He wants to get into the wrestling industry, and Nick Patrick started as a as a wrestler, but he got hurt, and he ended up being a referee, and that's why you see Nick Patrick as the referee on all those old Georgia Championship wrestlings with Gordon Soley. Yeah, fun fact too: Jody Hamilton started uh, Deep South Wrestling. Yes, he did. Yes, he did, and he had, and he had a he had a, a notable falling out with WWE over it. Did he? That I didn't know. Yes, and that's what what. Predicated. Uh, supposedly, what happened was the uh, WWE was uh, it, that was WWE's developmental territory before FCW, and apparently there was some sort of falling out in terms of the finances, and WWE abruptly pulled their affiliation away from Deep South Wrestling and pulled all the talent that I guess were under a WWE contract out of Deep South Wrestling and pretty much leaving that promotion barren. And because of that, I think around the same time, WWE took took action and fired Nick Patrick. So there was a big, there was a big whole thing between between the two. And, um, and then shortly thereafter, Florida Championship Wrestling started. Um... Yeah, yeah, the, they, the, they had a the big deal falling with out. The, 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 the WWE talent deal 
ended with him in 07, I believe. I'm reading it now. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think it was a result of a fall. I think it was something to do with money or it was something it was it was a WWE issue, but they uh but yeah, he was he's old school and um then yeah. That's just, Yeah, no, the the assassins were a big deal. I remember I mean, they obviously before my time too, but the the big thing with them was if you went to a yard sale or a comic book store and and you got like I I was I used to like love reading the old magazines from like the seventies and sixties if I could get my hands on them and I did get a lot of them when I was a kid like like I'm talking like between twelve and sixteen years old I would get all these crazy old timey magazines and they were always in the magazines the assassins always always so yeah but it, it's it's a big deal he uh. Oh, he was in. He was involved in a bunch of stuff, though. So, yeah, he, he even teamed with Hercules. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were Paul Jones in uh, when with during the, the big Crockett boom. Yes, he, yes. They brought Ray. They brought Ray Hernandez up from Florida because he they would they, they sat, he he ran with like he had like five or six different partners. But Jody Hamilton was a big deal. And, it was a um, big deal, and he had a he had a long feud with Dusty Rhodes and and um, and. Dusty Rhodes had this to say about the assassin in 1993 at Slamboree. You know, there's a, a tremendous night of wrestling that happened here in the Omni Tonight pay-per-view throughout the world, Slamboree 93, to be standing out here with Mr. Stu Hart. And congratulations to wrestling number two on obtaining this Hall of Fame goal that means so much to every wrestler around the world. But I got one thing to say that just a little bit earlier, I'm talking about just a little bit earlier tonight, the dirty old assassin came out here and he said, Dusty Rhodes, if you're anywhere in the building, I want some of you. Well, if you want some of me, my big ass is standing out here. So come and get it, baby. That's what he had to say about the assassin. <laughs> I wonder if that goes back to the outlaws. Because I think so. I know, I know they were all in the same territory at one point, probably, right? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm assuming. Dusty was primarily a tag team wrestler until he broke off to Florida. Right. Right? So, yeah. I, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. So much, there's so much history, and you'll never get, like, concrete um, information, you there, know, because there was so much going on with the territories. So you just get all these shooting interviews and, you know. That's the thing. Do, that's the thing, though. Most of the people, like, one of the I, I'm a big mark for for the territory history. I you know the stories and the things like that they're great, but I love hearing about like how the territory was functioning and things like that. And there's not a lot known about what was going on uh, primarily in Atlanta. And I wish you know, unfortunately, we're we're, we're so far along. You know, in the years that most of the people that were there during some of these times when the promotional wars were going on between the territories, they're dead. And uh, you know, no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. It, it's I, I. It's like I want a dark side of the ring about you know the the War of Atlanta, or I want a, a dark side of the ring about when uh, I mean Jerry Jarrett is still alive, but I mean I want to hear about when he broke off from Nick Goulas and Nick. Goulas tried to, you know, said, screw you, I'm not paying you a dime. And, and you know, that's how the Tennessee Territory started. And I want to hear those stories. You know, I, I, I know enough about WWE and their history, but, like, I don't know about the dark period of WWE, like, or 
Capital Wrestling when they didn't have TV in New York in the 60s because they 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 got thrown off the air for something that was done on one of the shows and like that stuff is never talked about and I want to know about those things. You know, and I'm glad you brought this up because it's going to segue into something real quick if you mind entertaining me for a second. Sure. So I was on a thread the other day about Cornette mm-hmm. and um and I love don't this is I'm not just let me just premise this by saying I love Jim Cornette. I think his contribution to pro wrestling between me being a kid and up until a bunch of years ago is astounding. He's done every job in this, in, in, in the industry, mm-hmm. and, and he is by far one of the greatest um, in terms of nostalgia, in terms of his, his, his home is a museum, okay? Historian. Um, He's a historian. He, he, straight up. My, my beef with him is how he handles the current shit. He does it on purpose so he can get, you know, ratings and downloads and souls, friggin' merch and how he just, he destroys the industry, which is it's his opinion, whatever. But my thing is, you have guys like Jim Cornette who are still alive, still healthy, still can contribute. Those are the guys you would want to answer all these questions because he has programs. He's got posters. He's got log, log, um, logs, like books, yeah. ledgers, of, of promoters booking his booking sheets he's got ticket stubs he's got film footage like that's the guy you want to be on these shows like that but yet he picks he has a, he picks a platform to destroy Tony Khan and destroy fucking Vince McMahon and, and whoever else you know what I'm saying that's part so of like, the reason why I stopped it? listening to him on a regular basis I, and, and again I and everybody's like well you know you, you just it's listen I might be the old man yelling get off my porch maybe maybe i'm that guy now but you know what his contribution to pro wrestling could be so significant instead of crying about Meltzer and all his ratings and all the bullshit right instead of crying about that and crying about what's going on with raw and smackdown which we'll get into in a minute can can you can can jim Cornette do the right thing he claims he doesn't need any money which is fine god bless him if he's self-employed if he's self-sufficient god bless him he's earned it because he's done so he's been doing it for almost 40 years 50 years so like but he's but but boss he's got he's got the stuff he's got the stuff that we all want. There's he a, has the stuff that we all want. He he has the the key. He has the keys to the kingdom, dude. There's a a video of Jim Cornette, uh, Vice TV. Um, yeah, he did. He did a tour of. Uh, of yeah, of just Cass- his attic. Just his uh, just attic, his attic. and he goes and and one of the things he picked up was a, um, uh, I believe it was a uh, a book. Um, uh, a ledger, a ledger from Sam Mushnick. I, yes. I believe it was Sam Mushnick, and he says it's signed by at the time the five living NWA World Champions. It was Lou Thez, Harley Race, Jack Briscoe, like Dory, Dory Funk, there, there was a few others in there. And he says, when I die, if the house catches fire, or I'm you know an invalid or something, and the house catches fire, my wife has instructions. That before she saves anything, she has to save this or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, you know? and and it, it who for those who don't know, Sam Mushnick was the great promoter from uh, Kansas City. Yeah, um, um, he promoted all the stuff to Chase. Shout out to Pastor Sadell, who's yes. a big fan of the Chase. Yes, uh, in the history there. But like, that's the dude. That's the dude that you guys should be getting in on. Like, yo, man, instead of talking about how fucking bad he has two podcasts dedicated to shit talking. I, yeah, and and I I I listen to Cornette religiously twice a week, 
until primarily when the pandemic started is when I stopped listening to Cornette. But it was even before that that it was like, okay, I, and I I'm entertained when he when he shit talks, you know, the current stuff. I I've got no issues with it. But it's like, well, Jim, I really don't want to hear you talk about the current stuff because number one, I've got my own show where I should talk the current stuff, and number two, um, I want to hear you recall this and recall that and when i go back and i see the clips on youtube and I, and it says jim Cornette talks about the time uh you know uh that, that he fell off the the scaffold at starcade 86 well i've heard that story five million times i'm looking for the the obscure 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 things and that's where jim Cornette is so good at but I don't think he he doesn't do it enough. His fans don't ask for it enough because if they're sending him emails asking him questions, you know, they're more interested in hearing him. Well, what do you think about Roman Reigns as the Universal Champion? He's going to face John Cena at SummerSlam. Yeah. He'll get two thousand emails on that. And it doesn't help that certain wrestlers, current wrestlers, troll him and he yeah. trolls them back and he yeah. goes back and forth. Like him and Jericho had a thing for a while. Him and the Bucks. Him and Kenny Omega. Um, him and uh, Ryback had something going on for a minute. Right. Like it's just you know again, and it's 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 cute, but I, the, the 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 business is not catered to certain demographics anymore, and that's what most fans can't they can't come to grips with that. That's another story, but but not only that, like no one wants to hear how bad it is because we all know how bad it is, you know. And he can't even pick the good stuff out of it because there's some good stuff out of it. He just can't. He just, he, but because he wants to get a rise out of people, and because he wants people to buy his action figures and his books and his, <laughs> all his gimmicks, like he'll just keep shitting on people and talking about people and just like you know, as long as he keeps getting those sponsors and and selling all his gimmicks, he, that's how it's gonna go. But that's the guy you want, man. That's the guy you want to to keep the the industry fresh. I don't want Triple H just building a museum. I want Jim Cornette to build a museum too. Well, I want the Cro- I want the Crockets. I want Jerry Jarrett involved. I want every- anybody who's involved. You know, can, I, I, can we? I, I, I'm going to stop you there with the Triple H thing. I don't mind if Triple H builds a museum because they got a lot of cool shit. No, I don't mind either. But I don't want I, I don't want that to be the only piece of history. That's right. my point. Right. I don't want I, I want I want I want listen. I want the last Von Erich. To build something in Texas. I want every territory to have something. Every Let me rephrase that. Every major territory to have something significant to give back to the fans. Because that's where it started. I agree. You know? That's where it started. And so that's where, you know, you, you can give that back. Now, I, I want, now, Jim Cornette is 60 years old, I think. So, yeah. you know, he's he's not a spring chicken, but he's still got a long way to go, and he takes care of himself. You know, he's not he's not out there shaking the hands of, uh, of, uh, of, of the, you know, the mothers and their babies and things like that, like he does, like he did before when he went to all these conventions. Um, so I'm not worried about the coronavirus taking out Jim Cornette, and he's going to stay healthy for a long time. But the, when the day comes that Jim Cornette's no longer here, I want to know what happens to all his stuff. Yeah, because he doesn't have kids. He doesn't have kids, and I don't know what you know extended family he has. He doesn't talk about much of his family except for his his wife. Yeah. Um. But like I, I, you know, I what I do now is I like to watch weekends uh, episodes of NWA um, from the mid '80s, like in sequence, like Uh whatever week it is this week. That's what I watch. So I'm up to. 
Well, currently, I watch nine thousand, but I'm currently I'm up to Flair just getting the title back from Dusty after the third after the bash in '86. Okay, so this is what this is like '86 so September. Yeah, this is he he, he yeah '86 he won it. Um, and he and then right, right around this is right around that time. Jim Cornette had uh, Dennis and Bobby were the tag team champions. Just his promos, man. It, it, we, the Rock and Roll Express. It was, I mean, obviously, it was the best time ever. But just he, his, him doing commentary for the Crockets, him doing the, the it just it was good. He's, With that stupid he ass so hat. At, he was so good at what he did, man. Yeah. Like he was ah. good. Everything he touches in terms of working usually gold. is gold. Even even the shitting on the current stuff. I mean, there's nobody that does it better. Right, but there's, I mean, but there's so much you can do with that. Yeah. You know? There's so much, listen, I, listen, he hates Kenny Omega. I get it. He hates the Young Bucks. I get it. Okay, but that should be your base of your show every week because someone pays a Patreon to, or someone pays for a cameo to have you talk about it. Yeah. You know, like, that's the thing, and, and he has, he's got this schmoo, this, what's his name, Brian? His name <laughs> Brian is, right? Last. The, 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 that dude, he's just like, and he does a really good podcast himself about Mid Atlantic. Yeah, or Mid South. I mean, I I can't. But, I can only tolerate Brian Last when he's with Jim Cornette. Right, but 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 it, but and he's he's a he's a homer. He's yeah. a homer. You know, he's like a hometown commentator for a baseball team. He he supports his team, and he's not supposed to. He's supposed to be uh, uh, unbiased, right? And and how Conrad but, Thompson is still in this industry in terms of podcasting, I'll never understand. Right, okay. who wants to charge Phil three hundred dollars to be at, at the at the first uh, uh, uh that that star casting and we're fucking ridiculous? Paying, I wasn't paying three hundred dollars, but anyway, I digress. Um, but but you know, Jim Cornette has every single tool in the shed to make this a better experience for the for the current fan. Because if the current fan had an idea of how stuff worked for real, for real, like back in the day. I think some of these fans would have a, a different outlook on how how they watch professional wrestling today. Yeah, my opinion. I could be wrong. I could be wrong because these newer fans are awful. They're all awful. They have a sense of entitlement. They get they they, they don't want to be they don't want to be first. They want to be right. I mean, they want to be right. They don't they don't want to be first. I should say. Right. And they just want what they, what they want what they want. And they hijack the shows. Yeah. But like this is there's the guy who could still keep it alive. The good shit alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's that that was that's my uh I, I my, don't I don't remember I don't think he I don't think he's done it since this particular thing that I'm about to mention. I don't think he's done it since. But about two years ago, maybe a little bit less, he did he dedicated like two months worth of programming of either on the drive through or on the experience, I don't remember. Um, where all he did was go through the um, the time period of when he was in Jim Crockett Promotions, and he would go and he was and he did it in a chronological order from the time he came in to the time he left when he had his falling out with WCW, and he would go okay today we're going to talk about this period of. January 1986 through the the middle of 1987, 
and he would you know go down and he would get his books and he would say okay well you know and then we had a we had a, we had a house in in Charleston South Carolina you know that we did 17,000 fans and the gate was $400,000 and that was one of the biggest things that we did that month and blah blah blah, blah. like those are the shows that I love hearing when he breaks he down everything. he logged everything he gives you the the facts the stats and everything like there's and and I love going back and listening to some of the older shows that he did of uh, the experience uh, when he had guests on like uh, um, you know he's had Jim Ross he's had I don't know if he's had Tony Schiavone but he's had Jim Ross he had Gary Capetta on one time and they talked about uh, their time in WCW and I remember one of the funniest things that they were talking about was uh, they did a, a show at some small arena in Canada. And there was an ammonia leak in the arena, and they couldn't. They had to cancel the show. And Jim Cornette was running on like a like a two like a two hundred degree fever or some shit like that that day. And he was so happy of the ammonia leak, and they tried to reschedule the show for the next day. He said, "Screw this, I'm going home." It was it was the way he tells the story, you know, is hilarious. And then another thing that I love that Jim Cornette does because this is the fat ass in me. I love when Jim Cornette talks about eating on the road. Eating will go to Wendy's and chickens and buckets of chicken. Yeah, I love. He tells a story about about Bubba, and Ray Trailer apparently was the nicest guy alive behind uh, the scenes. Right. Um, he tells a story about how Bubba broke his hand and he, he kept face. It, it's a crazy story, but I get the, you, you get the point though. Like that's yeah. that's the dude, man. That's the dude. He yes, he can still he he can still keep it going. He refuses to. Yeah. It's sad. It is sad, but uh, but yeah, I want I want to know more about the old school stuff because you know the current stuff is all fine and well, but I'm starting to wear thin on some of this uh, 2021 wrestling, and I'm not singling any promotion out, but you know it's not it's not the wrestling that I fell in love with 30 years ago, and uh, um, I, I'm I'm a I'm a history buff in general. I love it's learning true. history. Well, it's a good thing you have a podcast that does that. On Friday. Yes, that is true. That is true. But I need, I need those the, the nitty gritty deep. That's why the dark side of the rings and the, those shows are so good. But I want them. Like I, I don't mind learning about the Dynamite Kid, and I don't mind learning about Jake Roberts and his shitty family and his life and things like that. But I, these people, I don't know how many stories they're going to be able to dig up. But start getting into the real deep stuff that if a casual viewer turns in they don't know what the hell you're talking about yeah it's just there's there's too much stuff not to be not to be that should be showcased and it's, it's sad and there really. was i'm gonna tell you there was somebody else that and i've talked about him before when jj Dillon had a podcast i used to listen to it but then i then i stopped listening to it because as as informative as jj's podcast was it was so boring. Oh my god! It was. It just droned on and on and on well, and on. We, we say this all the time. Like you know, we say this on the show. We've said it. You've said it on your show. I've said it on my show. And the Wizards too. It, it, these podcasts now are a dime a dozen. They right? are. It's all about delivery and, and how you and how you perceive it and how you give it to the band. To I the mean, fans. how I mean, I haven't listened to any one of these Conrad shows in a long time. I only listened to what happened when. That was the first show. I no, I take that back. The first show I listened to 
was the one he did with Ric Flair, which when it was on, I came on here and I trashed the show because I said, this show sounds like shit. First of all, Flair is incoherent. And second, the production values on this show is terrible. When the Flair Flair show failed, and it failed in a blaze of glory, the show with Tony Schiavone started. And I said, okay, maybe listening to Tony Schiavone talk will be interesting. Not a fan. And it and it was in the beginning. It was interesting to not not because of Conrad, but because of Tony Schiavone. And of course, I'm not going to take anything away from Conrad. Conrad revitalized Tony's career. That's that's all Conrad's doing. But from from there, you got Bruce Pritchard, then you got Eric Bischoff, Arn Anderson, Jeff Jarrett, and Kurt Angle. Six yeah. shows on top of the additional stuff that they do on Patreon. When the right. hell does this guy sleep? And how the hell did he end up marrying a flare? When did he find time to do that? What makes me angrier is after seeing the whole documentary, not documentary, the um, the hidden treasures with him in it trying to buy all the flash stuff. Yeah. He's another guy now who's like the next cornet, who's... um. He's um he's collecting a, all these all this memorabilia and he's uh he's restoring stuff and he's got a ton of stuff now. Like he could be the next cornet in terms of being a historian. So let's hope he does the right thing. But you know? but Phil, the difference between Conrad and Jim is if the internet was not around, Conrad would have nothing to stand on. I listen, you're hundred percent right. I'm just saying like if you listen, here's my thing and I if you're in a position where you can give back to something, and this happens with, with with us all the time because we've we've helped out our friends who have podcasts, we've drawn them on here, or you've right. done it with them. I plug I plug guys on my show every week. Right. I do. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what I do. If you can give something back to something that you're doing, because I got something for free. Now I'm giving away something for free. Like if you just give it back to somebody twofold. It's the same concept if you're in line, you're buying a coffee, you buy some, and you buy coffee for the person behind you. Just give it back to somebody once in a while. You throw them a bone. It's the same concept. I think there's not many people in, in, this, in the wrestling industry that does that because everybody's, like, still trying to hold on to something. They're still trying to have that spot. Not liver spot, not my dog spot, but, like, that spot. And it's not feasible for them to be like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I can give back. No, everybody wants to make a dollar off something, which I get it. I understand, but... There's fans who crave it, and there's fans who will pay for nostalgia. There are fans, there are people who buy fans, like I just got this amazing birthday gift the other day, right? There are there are fans who will buy very expensive nostalgia, okay, because of what it is and where it came from. And there are people who will probably buy streaming services or DVDs or, or, or downloads. Like, you know, they'd buy that stuff if they if it was available, why can't they do that? Yeah. Right? You see you know what I'm saying? If yeah, it, you're it, right. It, it, it's not even far-fetched. It's like, if you have this capability, yeah, you want to make a buck off of it, I get it. Make it available. I you know? Agree. That's why, that's why I'm glad Triple... I love that Hidden Treasure thing, because Triple H, listen, if that's his... If that's him and Stephanie, that's what it needs to be. Them restoring all this shit and making it available for people. Right. Okay? I agree. And Crockett, Crockett should be doing it. Jerry Jarrett should be doing it. Jerry Lawless should be doing it. Fucking, uh, what's his name? Tully Blanchard's dad should be doing it in Southwest. 
the Von, the last Von Eric, he should be doing it. All these guys should be doing something like that. Well, the story with Crockett uh, that I think Jim Cornette has told the story was, is that the reason why he got all the, um, all the films, all the eight mil- millimeter films or sixteen millimeter films from Jim Crockett, it's because he found them in the, he found them sitting in boxes next to the dumpster one day, and that they were just going to throw it away. And he says, "You guys are just going to throw this away." And they were like, "Yeah." And he went and he packed it up and he took it home. Yeah. So I don't know if you're going to find anything with Jim Crockett, but but uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But but this is now this is what dry, what bothers me a little bit, and I can't say I can't say it eats me up too much, but it does bother me on occasion. I've been doing the show for 14 years, okay, and we're coming up. The 700th episode is going to be in a couple of weeks. And Phil, you've been doing your show for nine years, and you know we've we've seen it all, we've been through it all, and whatever. I'm nowhere near when it comes to the level of podcaster that some of these podcasters that make millions of dollars a year on their podcast, like a Joe Rogan, for example, that he's the number one podcaster on the planet. I'm nowhere near in that category of production, broadcasting, and things like that. If I had put my mind and my, my my effort and everything into the into the show, be a different story. Maybe I would be maybe I'd be the the top wrestling broadcaster in the in the podcasting. Maybe I'd be the one hosting Busted Open on Sirius XM and not Dave LaGreca. Not taking anything away from Dave LaGreca, but that could just be the reality of the thing because I've been doing this for fourteen years. But and, but, but, Dave, and, and, and what Dave does, Dave gives back. And Dave gives Dave, back. Dave goes on to Shining Wizard. Yes, he does. Dave, Dave supports small businesses. Yes, he does. But, Sorry, I got to finish but, the story. No, but here's here's what, what irks me a little bit. I sit here and, and I do I do this show, and you know it's the, the way I do the show has morphed over the years. You do turnbuckle throwbacks, and you pretty much have, for the most part, have done the same format since the beginning. You pick a certain event, and you do a throwback on it, and with mixed in with the current news. All these shows, for the most part, that Conrad does now, okay, what is it? They pick a certain event, they watch the event, and they do commentary on the event. The exact same thing that Phil does every Friday night. Imitation is the best form of flattery. And you know... Do you and know what? Well, the difference is, is that is that he has you have to spend money to make money. Exactly, exactly, and I agree a hundred percent. But this begs me to think, okay? Because this is this is me thinking out loud, okay? And I've said what I'm about to say. I've said it before. I have to believe that at some point in his research of becoming a podcaster. This network, these shows, have crossed Conrad's path at some point. This network has been running now for eight years. And eight years ago, when we were still on TWR Network, I don't want to say it like this, but I, you know, it, the, it's the best way I can think of right now. The show's peak was during our TWR days when we had a chat room 
and a a a stream base that we had there was a time there was a time our live feed would crash every week because we'd maxed out our bandwidth of our live feed we're not talking about the downloads and this and that we are talking about the actual live broadcast feed you're allocated this amount of bandwidth and this is what you get for the week and we were getting you know the week goes sunday to saturday and we were getting to thursday and we were run we were out of bandwidth and we would end up having to purchase additional bandwidth to get us through the week and a lot of times you know we got to the weekend and there was a pay-per-view coming up and we had to do the pay-per-view coverage and there was no bandwidth to support the audience base then we figured out there was a technical issue on our end and we were broadcasting at too high of a quality but anyways so we were we were streaming to a to a large audience the chat room was rocking and rolling 24 7 i remember the the most the highest um listen to show i ever did live that had the highest turnout was the 2013 royal rumble post show that was the highest turned out show I've ever done in all my years of broadcasting. That wasn't my that wasn't my rant that night, right? No, no, no. This is before this is before Rant EM Radio. Okay. So and if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, the number that I remember, okay, in the chat room that night was hundred and seventy nine people. That I remember, if, if correctly, I have it documented somewhere, but I believe it was one seventy nine. So, I have to venture to believe that Conrad came across these shows at one time or another, and I'm going to tell you why I believe that. I don't haven't listened to any one of Conrad's shows in year in a couple of years, but when I listened to the Tony Schiavone show, what happened when? I would listen to the show beginning to end. And in the early days, there were no commercial spots on the show. Then they started inserting commercials into the show. And Tony would do the spot. He would, you know, it would be a, a spot for Blue Chew or a spot for um, a Hello Fresh or, one, you know, one of those stupid promotions that, that, you know, that a lot of wrestling podcasts have. And I would listen to the background music, Okay. And it would be like an old school wrestling television song. There was one song in particular that they would use. And I said, God, you know, that's the way that that song is edited. Because, you know, when you do a spot, you have to have the music turned down. You can't have it turned up. I said, I'm trying to listen to this song in the background because it sounds eerily familiar to me. I somehow one day the music the music was loud enough during the spot that I was able to crank the volume up all the way on the speaker so I could put it in my headphones and listen to see how clearly the song was playing in the background and I and then it hit me like like a ton of bricks I said that's mine I have because the thing is if you go to the Rent Am Radio YouTube page there's a couple of theme songs up there one of them is the NWA World Champ or NWA Worldwide Wrestling theme song from the '80s. I personally edited the song myself 
to be the complete edit. And I could hear the edit in those spots. That's that's not far fetched. I mean, I no, I, I'm telling you that it's my that it's my yeah no 100%. my video that I edited that that he's using in these spots, which means you know he's got something that has come from this network, which means he's probably listened to these network shows. It wouldn't it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that the idea of reviewing an old wrestling event date specific came to his head to do you know what I could do this with Tony Schiavone we'll call it what happened when and every week we'll review an episode of Nitro we'll review an episode of Monday Night Raw or we'll review this pay-per-view and we'll see how long it goes and here we are it's four or five years later and that show's still going on well Phil's been on this network for the past eight years doing that I don't know of any other shows, any other wrestling podcasts that are out there that do that. No. Do you? I don't. No, I was uh, a couple of years ago. I was talking to Mish from uh, Wrestling Soup, and Mish is him and him and Joey have been doing this for a long time. They yeah. they are they they have. I mean, they're, they're big, right? Mm-hmm. But but Mish is convinced, and he points this out to me. He goes. Because you know how you use, you know, you know. He goes, you know, when you plug your commercials, you open up with, uh, with uh, Lord Alfred Hayes, the promotional consideration paid for by the following. Yeah. He goes, you know how many fucking podcasts use that now, and you were the first one to do it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really didn't realize I was the first one to do it. I only did it. I started using it a year in when the Wizards started their. They started their own uh, network. Right. I started plugging other commer- I started plugging other other people and th- and just put that in there. Cause I love that, you know. Right. Um. But he he even said to me, he goes, "There's so many things that we do, and Don Tony, and and, and it, it, you know, that that they have to be listening." Choppy's convinced to this day, even though he's not on the show that much anymore, he's convinced that our networks, particular our shows, particularly even the Midnight Jury, the pop culture shit, he says is 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 targeted all the time in terms of content. I believe he, it. Choppy's been saying this for five years now. I believe it. He, like he's like he's like Phil. You said this the other day. Like you called this. You you played this. Like this was your baby. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing it somewhere else. Uh, Mike from Midnight Jury said something about a certain movie. And sure as shit, this, the next week someone else is doing the same thing. It's, I believe it. I and, believe and it. It's, yeah. So Choppy Choppy's been saying this for like for years now. I um, you know, like I said, fourteen years. I've, I've I've been on the air long enough, and um, we at one time were the were the top rated one of the top rated shows on on block blog talk radio. And I don't know, you know, how the situation is there now, but um, to come to think, when I started doing this, the wrestling podcast was a an anomaly. It really was like yes, it didn't exist, and then. You know, I did. I started doing this show because I I heard a friend do the show, and I said, "Well, I could do that. That's not hard. Bullshit. It's hard in the beginning." And um, you know, as time went on, and you go live, and you do this, and there was a lot of things that I was. I I I don't want to take credit for, but I feel that I was one of the people that was responsible for how wrestling podcasts 
go because listen, in 2008 when we were just starting the live format, there were no wrestling shows out there on the internet. There were very few. There was a couple of shows That's on right. podcast. I mean, I think I I know the Wrestling Soup and and Don Tony and stuff. They've been around pretty much just as long as I have because we go back eons. Um, we've we've had some dealings with uh, Wrestling Soup in the past, and and uh, we're, we're talking like over ten years. And um, so they're one of the you know they're one of the the pioneers also. But the live format, the there's not too many people that. Um, that did this live I went live then all of a sudden there's wrestling shows popping up all over the place on blog talk radio the blog talk radio thing got difficult and whatever and then we branched out did the network thing um, I don't know how many wrestling networks there are or just networks in general but there's probably a handful but we got in on that ground level then there was um the pay-per-view coverage. I don't think anybody was doing pay-per-view coverage 10, 12 years ago like how we we used to be on the air pre and post show. I don't nowadays you go uh, you have a pay-per-view and you go on Facebook and 5 minutes later there's five five or six different shows on the air doing a post show of, you know, Joe Schmo and his pay-per-view, Nick Gage, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, dissecting course. Zack Ryder on, on, on pay-per-view, and and there's 10 post-shows going on at the same time. I was the first one doing post-shows, I think. You know, in that sense, live, live, instant reaction post If If I was not the only one, there would not have been a huge turnout the way there was during that Royal Rumble show. Right. Right, and that's just the reality of it. Now the the, the 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 product is you know the 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 landscape of podcasting has gotten so diluted, and um, you know okay we can go on Discord, we can do this, we can broadcast on Facebook, we can go here, we can go there, and we can do all these things. But huh, Conrad, dude, be original, yeah, do your own thing. You yeah, got it from us. I'm convinced you got it from us. Yeah, uh, and if you and if you still listen today, shoot me an email. <laughs> exactly, I think it's just an imitation, best form of flattery, and it's a credit to what we've done, what you've done more than I have. I think it's just a, it, it's it, it, this happens in every genre too. Yeah. Like it's not just us, you know. It's, it's television, it's it's radio, it's it's uh, Hollywood that make they they constantly remake these movies and TV shows and. You know, imitation is the best form of flattery. I think just get a rise out of people. But be original. Try to be original and deliver it a certain way. Even if Conrad did the same kind of show that we did, at least come correct. Be be interesting. That's you know, the have, thing. Have, have a person. We have personalities on with us. Like, yes, we do. You know, That's another already, thing that drives me yeah. crazy. Me. The, the dude is not a good broadcaster. Yeah. You know, I, there's a couple of old school wrestling podcasts that I love. Um, and they're good because of their delivery. There's a couple of guys overseas that do a, a YouTube show. They've been doing it for mm-hmm. like a dozen years now. And then there's two guys in the Midwest that do a, similar to what me and Ch- me, what we do here, except they just do totally retro, not the current stuff. Which, you know, I still want to get away from the current stuff, but the fans won't let me. 
the fans are engaged. They want our opinion. They want our input. They right. want to know how we feel about it. So I, I would love to just switch up and just do a retro podcast and just do retro shit for two hours or an hour, whatever. I, 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 I love talking about old, you know, me. that's why me and Tony C, we get down that rabbit hole sometimes talking about, oh, you know, Lex Luger and uh, when he was with Harley Race and, you know, the Ron Simmons thing and he turned the table over. We get down that rabbit hole and because we enjoy it. And a lot of, you know, the audience enjoys hearing us talk about it. But it's hard, like you said, to get away from the current stuff because sometimes, uh, like today, we're going to talk real quickly about some of this current stuff that's going on. But it's, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Conrad. Yeah, I mean, you, listen, you had a show on Saturday nights at one point. Yes, I uh, that you would, you know, would have people call in, hint, 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 uh, wink, wink, would yes. call in and, and debate certain things that were said about old older stuff. And exactly. then your co-host would have to call in and it try to set of, me straight. That's and right. And we'd have a debate. That's right. And you know what I'm saying? And, then you, and, your, other, and your other co-host and your, your two other co-hosts would call yes, in. Yes, you're right. And, and sometimes you would make a run-in. Yes, the drive, so, an infamous drive-by that sometimes it would get me in trouble because, because I said I was going oh, home. Right, because <laughs> it's 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 always good. Nostalgia yes. is always good. Good, bad, indifferent. It's what makes the product today. Unfortunately, we'll get into that right now. But you know, it, it imitation best form of flat. When 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 we did the first network, when we did TWR network, we had um, we had a we had a retro show because that's. That we found it interesting. Now the people doing the show were not interesting, but we had uh, it was uh, we actually modeled it to have the same initials as the uh, as the network because the network was TWR and we called it Talk Wrestling Rewind, and um, and they would do we they'd pick random events. Phil Phil's. Uh, Selection is a little bit more structured because he usually will say, "Okay, we're going to go back to 30 years ago this week. We're going to do SummerSlam of 1991," and you know he's structured in that way. But these guys, they uh, what they used to do was they would just pick a random event out of the out of the, out did, of the proverbial that, sack. Yeah, but you're you still you were still a little bit more structured. You tried well, to yeah. keep a theme to we it. Tried. Right, tried we tried. Tried to. And um, now this was just okay. Next week we're going to do. Uh, you know, it's it's the middle of winter, and we're gonna do ECW Heat Wave from, you know, 1998. Like, really? It's January, and um, but no, that lasted for a little while. But then again, that was that was an old school show. So that format is has been around for a little while. But I'm I'm a firm believer after the evidence that's out there, and I'm gonna say it again. Conrad got it, got bits and pieces from this network whether it came from me whether it came from Phil whether it came from the Wizards and the Wizards have only been on the network for about three years whether it came from any one of the shows on here I know he got bits and pieces of what you hear now he got it from here I know that for a fact but and I'll end it with this and you should be proud and this this is no bullshit you should be proud I know I am how many shows how many people have we, as as podcast hosts, inspired to do their own shit? A lot. <laughs> like that for me, that's the ultimate compliment. I can do. I can stop this tomorrow, and know that there are people out there who've messaged me, uh, 
emailed me and said, yo, I'm doing this because of you. And I'm like, okay. Now now I know I'm doing something right when the audio doesn't work and the video doesn't work and my guests don't come on or, you know, whatever the case may be. Or I, I lose I lose co-hosts. Like I lose, uh, you know, like I lose my uh, my pens and pencils at work. Well, you still, you know, you still I, haven't caught up to me yet. I, I've gone through know, more I than know, you I have. Know. It's so. just, be, you know, the bottom line is, though, is like that. that's where... I mean, we get we get we get off on talking about it and broadcasting and having a good time with each other and the camaraderie that we have. But let's be honest here: the people that we inspired is probably the most gratifying of it all. Absolutely. So anyway, absolutely. And, and I think I, to 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 think, okay, to think that, um, and William knows this. I'm mentioning William Morgan. But William out there is still broadcasting. You know, he's he does it on Facebook now, but he has his one, two, three, I don't know, he's got like 75,000 shows a week now. But that was not possible if it didn't start here. If I didn't tell William, William, get out of that rat, get out of that that cesspool that is Blog Talk Radio and come with us. I'll give you the an open air airstream on Saturday nights. And you could do whatever the hell you want. And he did. And then I gave him Monday nights for, for a period of time, too, for him to do the same thing. And, um, and you know, he's not, yeah, he's not on this network anymore, but he continues on with that um, in a video format, which, <laughs> kudos to him. Um, doing that, and he, he does it every week. He does his three or four shows a week, whatever it is. And there's other people that have come through our doors that have, um, if it wasn't for the network, if it wasn't for what we've done, uh, they would not be doing what they, <laughs> good, bad, or indifferent, whether they actually enjoy it or not, they would not right. be doing what they uh, do now. And, and I do take, uh, I do take some, 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 some gratification in that. I guess, like you said, some uh, solace, 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 solace. You know, that's the word I'm reaching. I for. mean, I mean, there are people that we don't like, but that but they're still, still on the air. They, they, they're still they, on the air, but they, us. but, but, but the thing is, we're credited. We're we're responsible for them performing the way they do now. Well, in the I sense of, that. in the sense, no, in the sense of, how many shows have we taken? From there's nothing wrong with being on tape, but how many shows have I pulled off that that you should be get out from being taped and go live because live is you know the, you, it's a different vibe because you yeah, you use you yeah. use the taped format as a crutch, and um, I I knew too many people that would do the show on tape. And then they go back and they clean up the show because they want to take out this gap in audio. And then they want to, you know, oh, they made a mistake here, so they edit that out. Like, I have never, with the exception of maybe three times in the 14 years, I think I've only edited the show three times in 700 episodes. And not that does not include all the other shows I've done. Three times I've maybe edited the show. And that's only because maybe I had to take something out for a specific reason. And, yeah. um, I get, it, I get it. You know, get live it. is, and I, and we were, I was, I was 
good about converting people to get out of that taped format and go live. Look at the Wizards. The Wizards were doing the show live, but they were doing the show live on somewhere that it was kind of like impossible to deal with. So I, you know, Phil approached them. They came to us. We gave them the forum. And now they've got a feed here that they could broadcast an audio feed. Yeah, they do a video show on Facebook as well. But the video stuff just started recently. Right. And, um, you know, it's it the uh, so that's that's one thing I've with uh, with Surfer and them. It's the you know, I've tried to get Surfer to uh, to do other things other than that, that silly comic book show and uh, break his little uh, format in a, in a way. But, but you know, I got Surfer to do things a certain way. I Look at Rage. I pulled Rage out from the kitchen at Burger King, and I gave him airtime, I made him a star, and he got his own show out of it. Yeah. And it was the highest rated show on this network for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but of course, I take credit. Lee, me, and Lee should take credit for for it being the highest rated, not Rage. He was just happy to be a part of it, and I know he's listening now. So no hard feelings, Rage. But you know, you know, you know, you know who's responsible for the success of that show, right? But let's give Rage's flowers. <laughs> yes, it's his that, it's his character yes, that, that that you know the reason that, why that show debuted. I know. Yeah, so I mean, you're responsible for putting him in the seat. You ain't responsible for how he reacted in that seat. <laughs> You know, so that that's where your oh, your man. content became I know. gold. Yeah, you know, I know. so not just not to say that Lee wasn't great. Cause no, Lee, 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 Lee. I think Lee is one of those. Uh, and Lee, if you're listening, you know it's true. You don't you don't like to be talked about too much, but I know that uh, you're going to agree with what I'm about to say. Lee is like a um, Lee is like a diamond in the rough that. When he's on, he's on. Like there's, there's no, there's a reason to be on. Yeah, there is nobody, I think that performs better, at least on the air, than Lee does. Because when Lee is on a roll, that man could slice and dice you like nobody else, and um, he could get you to do things. He could tell you things. His the one-liners are just on point. I mean, how many people do you know in the middle of a, talking about a, a girl taking advantage of you would drop a line and say, "And she played the ass like a fucking Nintendo game." I mean, <laughs> that just came out of nowhere, that's and the uh, that's the prince. So I think I think uh, he deserves. Um, you know, some flowers, absolutely. some flowers as well. But anyway, let's get to, let's get to some wrestling. Enough of uh, some kissing ass around here. Um, exactly. So, other news that happened in addition to Jody Hamilton uh, passing away, the big scuttlebutt this past week: two big releases in the WWE. One massive, and the other one, people are just shitting bricks over. Let's start with Ric Flair. Now. Here's the thing about a 70-plus-year-old man getting released from a WWE contract that I don't understand why people are clamoring over. 
It was confirmed this morning, but the news broke early yesterday morning that Flair quietly had asked for his release from WWE because um, he didn't like the creative currently going on in WWE. And WWE granted his, his release and they confirmed it this morning. Immediately, the IWC is saying, well, Flair's on his way to AEW. We're going to reform the Four Horsemen. And we're going to have the Four Horsemen in AEW. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, really? Why do we want the Four Horsemen in AEW? I'm curious. What good would the Four Horsemen be in AEW? Well, I was too lazy to post this the other day, but I saw a picture, I want to say maybe 48 or 72 hours ago, maybe even less than that, of Flair having lunch with Jim Ross. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it online. I kind of knew that something was going down because why would... These guys hook up all the time Mm -hmm. as friends. Mm -hmm. So why would they post this picture now? It's it's, Mm -hmm. it's clickbait, really, is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know? So I thought there was something going on with that. The problem problem with the, the people losing their minds is that... They're they're looking at the Charlotte being booked. Charlotte, allegedly, Charlotte's getting buried. Meanwhile, she's the best wrestler they have on 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 a roster right now, right? right. Uh, on on Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. next to Sasha Banks, right? Right. That's 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 that, that's that's facts. So I think that they're comparing it to the to the to the bad booking. No, they weren't doing anything with him. He's seventy years old, and you know what? He he wants he still needs money. He still so, needs money, but but. I'm curious, why the hell are people clamoring for the Four Horsemen to go to AEW? Oh, no, because they because it's nostalgia. And people like nostalgia. The problem is, though, the fans don't... The fans, what they're going to get is something that they're not going to expect. Okay, you're not going to get what you got 30 years ago, A. Exactly. B, but- and and what, do you, what can you possibly do with... I mean, Tully Blanchard still gets involved. Right. Um... I mean, on Anderson to an extent, but, like, Flair can't do anything active. No, of course not. He's, right. Let me, let so me what ask, are you going to get? You're get a, who's it going to be a mouthpiece for? How many people can they possibly put Flair in Flair hasn't that cut a decent to... promo in ten years. Right. They, you know, he's 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 just he's banking on his legacy. And that's and and when you're when you're when you're a, per, a person of that caliber, that's what you should be doing at 70 years old. You should be banking on your legacy. You he's, know, not paying for alimony. He's struggling but through those. On your legacy. He's struggling through those damn car shield commercials. As it which is, are, which is my son's favorite part of the day, by the way. <laughs> just, just, that's Mikey's favorite. My favorite, my favorite, my uh, favorite one is the one where uh, he finds out that somebody stole his yogurt. Yes, correct. That's he's my sure. favorite one. But anyways, you like, you like that? He says. <laughs> <laughs> but but. By the way, I can't the the fact that there's so many pro wrestlers in all these various commercials now. It's just it is mind boggling. It tick it is fun when I see Stone Cold Steve Austin in a Tide commercial. Outstanding! I think it's hilarious. Um, there was a little bit too much John Cena for a while. Between With John Cena and he does voiceovers now for Cockroach. And he does voiceovers. But between the Experian, the uh, 
what was it? Uh, the pistachios, the um, hefty bags. There was one other one, and I'm forgetting what it is. But but he was there was John. It was very easily possible that you could have John Cena in four different commercials during a commercial break. Yeah. And um, but yeah, Ric Flair though. If if this were the other way around. And there were talks of the four horsemen reuniting in WWE. People would be shitting bricks and complaining up a storm. Yeah, right there's now. no history of the horsemen in WWE. But there's no history in AEW either. Right, but you but but you have all the old conjures there. Okay? But they could if have had. had if they Rose could have had. were doing commentary with awful Excalibur in WWF, and they reformed the WWF, then maybe the fans wouldn't have. A, a piss to say about it as they, as they would now, right? Mm-hmm. That's much my that's my logic. But now you have all the old conjures over there with shitty Excalibur call on the stick. So it's like now it's like all right, it, it, you know, not that it, not that I agree with it, but I'm saying it just I'm I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. It makes more sense that they're doing it there than they would have in, in in WWE because of who's there now. And but but with Flair, if Flair does go, okay. WWE, I have a feeling, is going to put the brakes on at some point. Releasing Ric Flair... Excuse me. Releasing Ric Flair doesn't do anything to the WWE. doesn't hurt the WWE in any possible way. But Ric Flair... um, WWE still has a lot of leverage because people are already assuming, well, if Flair is left... Charlotte's going to follow her, follow him right out the door. Not if WWE doesn't want her to go. No, Remember, WWE has to say, okay, you can leave. If she goes and she asks for his her release, WWE has to grant that release. WWE doesn't have an obligation to grant her release. I just had this conversation with, with friends about, about... I know you're not a big sports guy, but mm-hmm. the, uh, the NBA and the NHL are right now in free agency mode. Right. Okay? So they're 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 signing people people it's 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 like a frenzy double A like it's 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 insane, but they both have salary caps and these teams have to fit under it and people are online how come they can't sign this guy it, it it's not it first of all you have to make it work mm-hmm. that's first of all second of all you have to make sure you have enough money to do it and more importantly it has to make sense. It has to make sense. If you're going to sign Ric Flair somewhere else, it has to make sense. Yeah. He's not going to wrestle. He's a mouthpiece. Yeah. So he's either going to be an announcer, he's he's either going to be a, a manager or a handler, oh, or he's going to be or he's going to be a backstage talent or or a road agent or something to the to, to to the caliber of being involved in the everyday operation. That's it. It's got to make sense. It just doesn't work. I go. They're all going to go. As soon as people get fired, now or they leave. Oh, he's going to AEW. Oh, that's, he's going to AEW. That's, 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 that's the first comment out of everybody's mouth. It, but you know, it can happen. Sure. But even Tony Khan, the money mark that he is, the the big fan that he is of of, of wrestling, um, he knows that it's got to make sense. You I don't know, you're know not about fool, that. You're not, fool, you're not fooling anybody. That's the thing, though. Or Phil, I don't know. I don't know if he if he knows that it needs to make sense. It's not. I I, I know you you you're very vocal about the comparisons of of WCW and how they did it with the with the unlimited money and the contracts and stuff like that. And at one point, nothing made sense and it fell apart. 
and it can easily go that way with with this organization. The only the difference, difference, the only difference here is that he they're not owned by Turner Broadcasting, so they really, they literally Correct. can do whatever the hell they want. Correct. And and Correct. Uh, until Daddy says okay, Tony, no mas, like what what happened to Dixie Carter that her that her parents pulled the plug on the company. So um, I don't I don't I don't care who goes there. It just has to make sense to me. That's all. If it doesn't make sense to me, it doesn't make sense that there, there's rumors of them signing Punk and Brian, D. Brian, and then they pull Adam Page out of the, out of the title picture, which is my. And I told you guys from day one that, that was, that's 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 the future of the company. See, Hangman Page. I ag- I agree with you there, and I personally, personally, this is just me. I said this last week, and I think I said it the week before. Signing CM Punk to AEW makes no sense whatsoever to me and I don't want to see it. I did not want to see CM Punk return to WWE. What makes you think I want to see him in AEW? Yeah. And um, and, and the fact that, that people are clamoring and the, that they went out of... This is what drives me up the wall sometimes with AEW, that they went out of their way, given the news of CM Punk that had been going on the past two weeks, that they went out of their way on Wednesday night last week to do a special segment announcing that they're going to do uh, an episode of Rampage from the United Center in Chicago. Oh, that's where he's from. That's why. I get yeah. that, Phil, but but my point is that it's like... It, it's, a, it's already a foregone conclusion that Punk is going to go to AEW. But Correct. Why? Why? Why in 2021 do we want to see CM Punk in wrestling? This is what I don't get. Why? Only, only if it makes sense. This is not. This only is if it makes sense. This if, is if, not if, like if, when Bret Hart returned to the WWE in 2010. This is not the same thing. Let me ask you a question. If he returns mm-hmm. and he looks and he looks and acts the part that he did 10 years ago, let's say. Hypothetically, it probably won't ever happen because of his age and his, and I don't know how he looks now. But if he comes back and performs at the same level he did ten years ago, in this in this in this environment, with a looser environment in a, in, a, in a different setting, that's not controlled by Vince, is is it is it still bad? Is it still going to leave a bitter taste in your mouth? Are you not going to be entertained? Is 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 it is it him personally you don't like or, or the fact that they're bringing him back? I'm not. I'm, I'm. I don't like the fact that they're bringing him back, but I'm also not. I liked CM Punk, but I was never a diehard CM Punk fan because his because his whole career in the height was on accident. So when you think about it, he was world champion one or two times over, and no one gave a shit. Right. He was he was money in the bank and cashed it in. No one gave a shit. When he started selling T-shirts and cutting and cutting promos and making significant money, then it made a difference. Okay. And then when he didn't have enough creative control and he cried about it and he left. That it made a difference. So that's why I'm asking because people are like, you know, people are hung up. I'm not hung up about it. I love punk. I did. And I adore punk. I, if punk comes back and it makes sense, I'm good with it. If he doesn't, then it's a shit move. And it's like now with Bray Wyatt now. We'll get into Bray Wyatt. 
Bray Wyatt's a, Bray Wyatt is now a free agent. Okay. Now that right there, when I saw that news come across the wire on Sunday morning, no Saturday, Saturday Saturday. morning, like like eleven o'clock in the morning on Saturday, I was like, "What?" I thought it was a joke at first. Yeah, and and when I saw when I when I saw that it was an official thing from WWE, I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is lunacy! What's going on?" In WWE, and then we come to find out it was under the pretenses pretenses of budget cuts. Which, to be honest with you, that is a a shitty response to throw out there uh, for releasing one of their best talents. That yeah, was jobbing out and this and that, but it was I it was one of the greatest characters WWE had created. Since the debut, in my opinion, since the debut of Kane. And every variation of Bray Wyatt, from the time he debuted until till just wrestled, this past WrestleMania that he wrestled at, had been great. Yeah, some of the stuff was a little hokey and a little over the top and a little weird and whatever. But for the most part, it was good, good, good compelling television when he was involved I even I even entertained the idea I said WWE's got to be joking with us and and they they released him and really you know in two weeks Husky Harris is going to come out you know Mm -hmm. I I, like I even went that far I said this can't be this can't be true Uh, apparently it is but this is this is the one release right yeah that that exposes them as not being good builders of character, right? I mean, not to say that they, I mean, he's been built up. I'm talking about continuation. Like, they have people who write for them who don't even know who the talent is, right? That's been confirmed because they let somebody go before who admitted publicly that she had no idea who certain people were on a weekly basis, right. yet she was writing stories for these people. Right. So what – so this is not – this is not surprising to me that you have this 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 gem sitting home doing nothing, and they have nothing for you, and they're paying them a serious amount of money, and like, nah, it's okay, we'll let you go. You you're no longer an asset because they have nothing for you. Creative has nothing for. Boca Banner wrote comedy skits about. Creative has nothing for you, and that's the sad part. So if they can do that to him, they can do it to anybody. Any but correct. No, I know that, that. That's what bothers me the most. That's what bothers me the most because you you got guys like Randy Orton who can't talk a dick, right? He can't he he can't cut a promo. He's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Okay, you bring him back, it's sour grapes. Yeah, but the the dude can go. Yeah. Okay, why is it Ricochet on television all the time when he's not hurt? You know, why wasn't, like, these guys, uh, they, they keep these guys home. It's like, why? You have people, this is the deepest uh, roster you had in, in your set of company. Yep. You know? And you're and you're on a major, and you're on major television networks, and that's where you're getting your money now. But the pro- the bottom line is, if, you, if you're writing for people you don't know what you're doing, like, it's, it's, it, 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 you can't go in there blind. The fans aren't stupid. And they're not obviously not catering to to our demographic anymore, which is fine. I I finally accepted that as a fan. Uh, so right? am I. Okay, but in the same breath, 
don't fucking insult my intelligence. Okay? Because I still watch the product. I still pay for the product. And I still enjoy it to an extent. Absolutely. Okay? Right. So, like, this is exposing them as bad booking. Not bad bad writing, I should say. Bad writing. But I, I, I would... The thing is, is that I still... I'm under the belief that uh, that this is falling under Vince has lost he's out of it he's lost his grip on reality absolutely absolutely and he can't he just can't pull the trigger and say okay Triple H and Stephanie you take over because I guarantee you maybe not Stephanie but I guarantee you with Triple H this would not have happened I can guarantee you that you can say all you want about Triple H as a human being. What you can call him a piece of shit. You can say he was a terrible wrestler. You can say whatever you want. But behind the scenes, Triple H has done more for wrestling than he ever has that he did as a pro wrestler. He's contributed more, I should say behind the scenes than he ever did as a pro wrestler in my opinion he's done so much good for wrestling in the last you know how long has NXT been around the in the in the format that it, that it has been since what 2014 or something or even before that 2000 almost a decade almost a decade almost 10 years and in those 10 years look at the amount of talent that has passed through Triple H's hands that have become Icons in this industry, Bray Wyatt being one of them, and I, I, it's like, okay, Vince, you're seventy. Vince is going to be, I believe, he's going to be seventy-seven coming up here in a, in a couple of weeks. I believe his birthday is on the twenty-fourth. I believe he's going to be seventy-seven. Vince, you've outlived your dad by, I think, ten years. That's number one. Your dad stopped working when he was in when his when he was in his early sixties. Your dad got out of it when the business was changing, and then you, of course, you changed the business. The business is changing again, and you're not you're not you don't fit anymore. He just doesn't fit. If Vince wants to handle the business operation, fine. But leave the goddamn creative alone. So my question to you is, is now, if he does go to Wednesday nights, meaning Bray Wyatt, Uh it it needs to make sense. Has to make sense, but also... unless, Unless they repackage him as something else. Has to make sense, but here's the thing. Everybody now is... You know, the whole thing. Um, okay, well, uh, Eric Rowan and uh, Braun Strowman also don't work for WWE anymore because they got released this year. Uh, so we'll just have our Wyatt family reunion. Yeah, I see. Wow. Don't do that. No, no, don't do that. That's the, that's the last thing AEW should be thinking about. I don't think they are. I, I think, you know... Well, I, I don't... Yeah, we don't know what they're thinking, but I'm just no, saying... No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because if, if they were, this, this would be a fog for... This would have been done already. But I'm saying that that should be the last thing that should cross their minds 
when right. when the discussion comes up, hey, what do we do with Bray Wyatt on his debut? That should be the last thing that they consider. Um, but with all these people getting released, and we don't know who else is going to get released between now and God knows when, but I honestly believe WWE is going to put the brakes on at some point. Like, for example, Alexa Bliss asked for her release. That's the, that's another story that went out uh, yesterday or today because of the whole Bray Wyatt thing. Because really, she would not be in her character right now if it wasn't for Bray Wyatt. And she's right. continuing that quote-unquote character, that gimmick. But she asked for her release. Same, same story as Charlotte. WWE doesn't have to grant her release. No, and the, it, the thing with her is, is it that it's it's cre- it's uh, creative now with her because she's under contract. They can repackage her and say she's not under his spell anymore. They can do something stupid and get her back as as, as Alexa the, Bliss, right. right? But you know that this is just her being. Oh, my friends! This is almost like when Jerry Lola's wife got 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 kicked or girlfriend got thrown out and he left. That's how it is. Oh well, she they fire her now. I want out. You know, it's like. That's how I feel like that. What she's doing, like you know, she's like take my ball and go home with it, you know, kind of thing, because she knows the gimmick's over. But like now, that, now that he's not there anymore, what's what's left for her to do? Right. You know, how about just repackage yourself and go some and go either back to SmackDown or, or whatever or NXT or something, uh-huh. and and do what you've been doing. Right. You know, but it's it's now it's like well, you know, my friend's gone. I want to leave. It's and then and then you know, there's a couple of people that are, that are. Working, with, just look at Adam Cole. Adam, Adam Cole. Cole's working with no contract right now, right? And he's one of the greatest talents in the last decade. Okay, if they let him go, that's a and he can make his money anyway. At that point, he can go back to to Ring of Honor or Pro Wrestling Gorilla. He can go to AEW where his friends are. He can go back to New Japan. He can do anything he wants, but I, he's staying there because he knows how it's structured. And he I, wants to give it a go. I think Adam Cole in his situation, okay. Adam Cole, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I've been accused of my 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 stance on AEW, but I, I said it last week. Daniel Bryan going to AEW is okay with me, um, because Daniel Bryan has that illness that he can't get. He can't shake wrestling. He should not be wrestling, but he can't get it out of him and if there's nothing for him to do in WWE then go wrestle in AEW because I don't know if any other promotion would take Daniel Bryan to be honest with you or could afford Daniel Bryan let me put it that way that's the more that's that's what that's what that's the real because it's not like Daniel Bryan's going to go to Ring of Honor okay or Impact Wrestling because I don't think they're going to pay what Daniel Bryan might want Adam Cole though Adam Cole pretty much made his career in NXT and became a massive star, became one of the biggest stars in the WWE with never having gone to the main roster. Except for Royal Rumble. Except for those one-offs that he did here and there. Adam Cole could now has enough leverage... To, to predicate any price that he wants, but I personally believe, this is my opinion, Adam Cole, if he doesn't stay with WWE, should not go anywhere else but AEW. 
Because that's the way it would make sense. It would make the yeah. most sense. Because him going to Ring of Honor, him going to Impact Wrestling, or the NWA, would actually be a step down. And Adam Cole is at the peak of his wrestling career right now. And he needs to capitalize on his name right now. And the only place for him to do it would be AEW. He's got history with all those guys that run it. He's got the Bullet Club thing. Like I said, he's been he's teamed up with all those guys. He was ranked one of the best wrestlers on the, in the world before he even went to AEW. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, um, NXT. Yeah, and he's doing this under 200 pounds to this yeah. day. He's technically in between a cruiserweight and a heavyweight, light heavyweight and heavyweight, and, and it, just he. But he's got that. Right. He's always had that, and and you're 100 percent right. He can write his own ticket. And it would be silly for him to go anywhere else if he does leave. And he did it, and like I said, he did it without going to the main roster. Didn't have to. He didn't have to. And this is yeah. And he did the same thing. He did the same thing in Ring of Honor. He was Ring of Honor world. And then he made the mistake of aligning himself with Bullet Club and in storyline. And then when he when he signed, they they kicked him out. And it was in like, but it, they wrote it really well to the point where they. Coming into WWE, coming into NXT, the fans knew what they were getting. Right. Like they knew the, the 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 caliber of superstar. Same with Samoa Joe, same with Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, all these guys that did that did the same they did, did the same route that Adam Cole did. Japan, right. Ring of Honor. But nobody had a bigger career in NXT than Adam Cole. No, because Adam Cole took advantage of the situation he was put in. I think certain guys, as great as they are, and this is where I, this is where I feel like we have to see him punk real quick. Where if the, how great they were or they are, it, if they, if it doesn't make sense, they can't be who they are in the character wise. You know, if punk if punk comes back and he can't be who he who he was ten years ago or, or perform like he did ten years ago, it's not going to work. Adam Cole will work. Because he built himself as such to the current day, where it's like he didn't lose a step, he didn't back away, he kept he was basically healed the entire his entire run. Yeah. The only time I've ever seen him as a face is when him and Kyle Riley were a tag team. That was like almost ten years ago, you know. So it, it, it's that kind of party, and it, it it's a, it's a, the Cody Rhodes syndrome. It's like you know, as great as as they think Cody is, he's a terrible he's a terrible face wrestler. Okay, he's I, I, I think I think I think he's not. He's more hype than anything face or right. real. Right. So it's got to make sense. The, these listen. You have all this talent. This this amazing talent. It just has to make sense. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Adam Cole would be silly going anywhere else but AEW. I agree, hundred percent. Um, I mean, we're gonna see what happens. Supposedly. You know he has an extension that's supposed to, that's good through SummerSlam right now, um, and you know that would put him at that uh, NXT Takeover 36, which is the day after SummerSlam on uh, on the 22nd. So um, we'll we'll have to see. We'll definitely have to see where this plays out. This is, and and then on top of everything. Vince McMahon didn't. He had a great line this week in a, in an interview, but he didn't help the situation. He said that um, 
when asked about AEW, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but when he at, when he was asked about AEW, he says he really doesn't feel that AEW is any kind of competition to the WWE, um, but that he you know he wishes them best essentially, and um, he said that I, I think when asked um, he was asked something about how if it compares to. Um, anything to WWE and he says I don't know but maybe we should send him more WWE superstars <sighs> and, sour grapes and um, I don't know if it's sour grapes or just Vince having a big mouth because Vince has a big mouth when's the last time he had competition 20 years ago yeah right so and I, I to be honest with you and still I don't think AEW is competition to the WWE it is to an extent, and the fact, and I just read a headline right now, just talking talking with you, that Chris Jericho said that, uh, and the exact line is, Chris Jericho said, um, the Wednesday Night War was a total abysmal failure for NXT, which I don't agree one bit, but whatever. Because their shows were taped. Like I, I, I had this conversation with Nick German a bunch of months ago. That it, this competition, this ratings thing, it, this is not as mainstream as it was 25, 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you're comparing one television show, one really good television show to another really good television show. It's like, it's like sitcom versus sitcom. It's like putting the Cosby show up against whatever whatever ABC was running at in the 80s at that. Right. 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 But, like, these things were recorded. They were different. It, it's, it's, it's different networks. It's like it's not... It's a different time now. There's no competition. There's no more competition to an extent. Yeah, and and that and that extent is you reaching as a pseudo broadcast journalist. Now, right? I, I, yeah. Now I'm curious to see what's going to happen a week from this Friday. A week from this Friday is the premiere of uh, Rampage on TNT, and it'll go head to head with SmackDown, and. I, I don't on Fox. on Fox. Now I don't think this has been talked about yet. And to be honest with you, I really didn't give it much thought until I started thinking about it a little bit more deeply. But they're going head to head with SmackDown, and what are they going to say? The, wow, you know, now the Friday Night Wars are underway. Stop. <sighs> First of all, wrestling on Friday nights. Okay. I don't. I'm not a big fan of in general, but that's where SmackDown ended up. That's you know, and that's where they were for many years prior to this uh, second move to Friday nights. Rampage airing in direct competition of um, of SmackDown. I wonder. I wonder if at some point Rampage will become the flagship show. And Dynamite will become the B show because remember in January Dynamite is supposed to move to TBS. And um, I wonder, I, I just wonder if they're going to try to turn Rampage into a flagship. For I got three. Wor- I, got, I, I got three words for you, bro. Five billion dollars. Exactly. That they, that's it. That they, they, this is where Fox is. Putting the, the production value is different. Absolutely, first of all. 
Yes. Okay, that's, for, that's first of all. Second of all, they, they, again, this is... Uh, uh, is uh, Rampage going to be live? I, I'm, I wasn't... I believe uh, at least the first couple weeks it will be. Okay, but if it's not constantly live, then there's no then there's no competition. Okay, and it's just it, you you can't. It's like apples and oranges. Five Fox is giving them five billion. This is NFL money, man. Five billion dollars to air that show. Okay, it took SmackDown twenty years to get a, to get the flagship because of the network they're on. Yeah. Okay, if you're gonna put AW on. Uh, Peacock, if you're gonna put them on, uh, what's the other one? What's uh, Channel Seven? Um, and ABC, ABC. Uh, Paramount, pa- Paramount. Yeah. If you're gonna put them on something like that, then and put some money into that, then I'd say maybe you might get that. Here's here's where you come into that to the extent. There's your competition to an extent. This is apples and oranges. I'm sorry. The product may suck, but the production value is way better, and you're gonna get more viewers. Regardless, no matter what season it's in, because it's Fox. Fox has all the shitty television that fans love. They love those stupid dancing shows. They love the idols and the the, the mass singers and shit. All those other crap. And they love SmackDown now. Yeah. So uh, there's no competition. That 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 probably will happen. Where Rampage becomes the flagship show. It's gonna take a hot minute though. It's gonna take a hot minute. If if. If 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 uh, if if Tony Khan is, is going to pump all this money or get all this money from networks into pumping into the shows, then maybe it might be. But there's no competition, man. Right. I'm sorry. Just by production value, just production value alone, there is no competition. The wrestling better, talent better at times, yes. The writing a little better, but there's no competition, double it at all. I'm sorry. I'm and, sorry. and 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 WWE, I think is. Um... WWE is trying to um, better the pay-per-view business, I think, because that's why you've got SummerSlam on on Saturday, and then there's a uh, um, a New Year's Day pay-per-view that's going to air on Saturday as well. And because uh, I think they want they want to do a go-home show with SmackDown and go right into the pay-per-view on Saturday night. And AEW for a while uh, they've done their pay-per-views on a Saturday, but. I believe just just recently they they moved to Sunday for their pay per views, um, but that I have a feeling AEW is going to go back to doing these pay per views on a Saturday now, assuming that they can get some space because you know if if a WWE pay per view is not on the air on a Saturday night, then something else is taking up that space on Saturday. It's going to be a UFC or a boxing match or or something because that is. That uh, a Saturday night spot on pay per view is big time real estate, and it's yeah. not easy to come by. That's what Turner tried doing with Starcade at one point. Yeah, yeah because the first couple of years of SummerSlam, it was on. I mean, I remember being at the first Summer two SummerSlams they were on a Monday. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you look at the buy rate of when when Turner started went from like ninety one to like two thousand and one. You compare the pay-per-view rates; it's just it's apples and oranges, because the production value was always better. That's what Vince put his money into. Yep. He made he made it sports entertainment because of the production value. I'm not saying it was better because not for nothing. Those some of those uh, stock kids were insane and great. The yeah. the uh, Great American Bashes were good before. I'm talking about before the the NWO and stuff like that. 
and some of the ninety, some of the early WCW shit was terrible when Turner bought it. But still, even at, at, at its worst, still had better fucking cards than than some of the in your houses and all the other stuff. So it's like you know, it's again, it's all it's production value. If they can step their game up, then yeah, maybe. But it's to me, it's apples and oranges. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. We, we're we're living such a weird time right now. It is. Yeah, because it's not mainstream. It's 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 a. We're back to being a niche audience, but we're a bigger niche audience. If that makes any sense. Yeah. The uh, the first rampage, I believe, is that's the one that takes place at. Um, Arthur Ashe, um, no. Oh, Arthur Ashe. Oh, no, yeah. Phil, yeah, we'll be, we'll, we'll, you'll have Randy M will be, uh, very well represented that night. Yeah, and then the next week, that's the one in Chicago. So those first two episodes, for the, at the very least, are gonna be live, and, um, you know, it, it would not surprise me, and it, the timing could not have been any more auspicious. First episode is on Friday the 13th. Um, well, I didn't even realize it was Friday the 13th on top of that, but um, Friday the 13th, that's the Arthur Ashe show. The Chicago United Center on August 19th, okay, that's the day before SummerSlam. Yeah. So on top of that, they are, they are, they are intentionally wanting to eat into whatever WWE might have planned going into SummerSlam, at least on the SmackDown side, because they can't compete with Raw. Raw's on, a, on its own level. This is, not its own the, yeah, this is not the first time this has happened, though. No, it's not the first time, but, you know, why, you know I know they're, they're going to be in Chicago again in September for a pay-per-view, and here they are doing what essentially is a secondary show in Chicago the yeah, day before right. SummerSlam. I, I mean, they, they, they are... Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's again. It's it's a it's a weird time. I'll I'll, I'll piggyback weird. on what you said. It's a weird it's, time, and we're it's a bigger niche audience, and it's just a matter of, of you know, it's it's like the the big dick syndrome. My dick's bigger than yours. Or we'll whip it out and prove it. And that's what they're trying to do. They they're trying to like you know, they're trying to ease up on on the on on the on the big boys. Like all right, well we'll we'll do ours right. Man, Dusty did it. On, Dusty did the Clash of Champions on, on the same days of WrestleMania. Yeah, like it's not. This has been done before. It's not. It's not new. It's just different because we're in a different time. I, I'm not. Again, for me, it's no competition in terms of production wise. Talent, yeah, hundred percent better. But you know, and you don't even have to like any of that stuff. You can just tell by the way it's done. And 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 they, they, their business model has been the same for forty years doing it. And it is what it is. And that's why they're making billions, not millions, kids, billions of dollars off television and streaming service. So um, that's pretty much it with that. Um, and in case you were wondering, JoJo got released from WWE about six to eight months ago. Yeah, no one cared about no that. No one cared because, you know, she had been home popping out the kids anyway. Right. So, I mean, it did, and, and that's another thing, too. I was telling this to, to Jay. You know, we don't know the whole story with these, some of these guys and girls. Like, it could be stuff that's behind the scenes that we, you know, they could have they could have had ongoing medical issues. They could have had uh, creative issues, like booking issues with with with, with, uh, with management. They, it could have been a bunch of shit. You know, it, we don't know. It just looks bad because of of what they what how they do it. You know, 
If, but we don't know. Like we'll, we'll never know all the ins and outs of that. No, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not defending him. I'm just giving him a devil's advocate. That's all. So. Yeah. Darby Allen denies that his backstage promo about the being the best in the world in Chicago um, was about CM Punk. He says that's not true. Yeah, Darby Allen's a glorified stunt double. double. I, I I don't see the appeal in him. At I'm not a big fan at all. I told my my son loves him. I was like, I, I see why you like him. I don't. I, I'm not a big. I same way. Like I don't like Moxley. I just can't invest Ugh. emotionally in somebody's character. I I never invested in him ever. Not a fan ever. Um, you know the Goldberg situation. You know, it is what it is. Uh, um, yeah. Apparently, Jeff, you know, in other news that came out this week in terms of releases, Jeff Jarrett also was released from the WWE um, at some point yeah. recently. Um, but it was done quietly so that nobody knew about it. Hey, he's on a Legends contract. It's not, yeah. It wasn't like he was, you know, he wasn't doing much. He was doing yeah. appearances. He was doing videos. And yeah. Um, let me see here. And, and that's it. And then the other scuttlebutt this week in wrestling... And I don't know where I stand on this, but the Nick Gage, Chris Jericho death match that happened on Dynamite and the infamous pizza cutter spot that went right into a Domino's pizza commercial. Coincidence? I, 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 I don't know. I really don't know. Um, It it has to be coincidence because AEW doesn't control the positioning of the commercial breaks. They don't. Uh, That's the network. Um, Now, do I believe that WWE filed or emailed Domino's Pizza and tipped them off to this? How how about some dude in in the production uh, truck going... How about this, guys? Let's let's run that Domino spot again. We have because they have a certain amount of things they have to run in, in the two-hour right. spot. Right. They have a certain amount of commercials they have to run, a certain amount of time that they have, and they they control that. So it's got to be some dude that was having a good time with that. I'm sorry, oh girl. I I don't know. To be honest with you, Phil, to to unless they knew hours in advance, the timing no, of the pizza cutter. No, no, no. I, uh, the pizza cutter. It was just a coincidence. That a the the pizza cutter spot happened, and they went right into the Domino's pizza commercial. Um, but did WWE tip Domino's off for them to be upset at AEW? Because was uh, it's unlikely Domino's Pizza was watching Dynamite. Um, is, is Domino's a sponsor of the E? They are. I don't know if they're a sponsor of the E, but I know they run spots on USA. It's true. So mm-hmm. uh, is it? Um, I don't know. I I I I I wouldn't put it past WWE to tip them off. But yeah. but I also believe that I don't necessarily think that this particular match should have aired on network television. I don't <sighs> First of all, I'm not a fan of deathmatch wrestling. I've already said that. But the fact that this aired on TNT, it was weird to me because for years, for years in WCW, 
you got a paper cut, and what was the first thing that they did? They pulled out. They pulled out completely, and you got a wide shot of the ring. Yeah, it's just different times. I, I um, get it's a different time, but it's like, what what the hell? And, um, yeah, so I it was a little weird to see the, uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just saw the, the pizza cutter spot. But it was weird knowing that there was a death match going on, not just on TNT, but on national television, because uh, that, that was probably, what, I think that's the first death match that's ever aired on national television like that. No, I thought um, Jericho and MJF had the the, the, the match, but they didn't have it on pay per view. No, didn't was that on 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 when he went to the uh, maybe, maybe I'm not sure. I believe that was on pay per view. But... The only positive I took from the death match thing uh, was that at least at least and I'll this is where I see why they, and I told this on, I said this on a podcast they brought Nikki they brought Gage in to fight Jericho because they knew that Jericho was going to be safe with him in terms of what they were going to do in terms of spots. Mm-hmm. They, they, he's not going to be as reckless as he is, as he was against Cardona and, and their match. You know, he was reckless with the, with the, with the, with the, um, with the light bulbs and the other shit. Like they, the, a lot of it was he, and matter, matter of fact, Jericho made him look like halfway decent, you know, if, and it's not, it's not, me, not about being a fan of death matches. It's about like if it looks good again, yeah, it goes again. If you know the whole tell me a good story routine, and on top of that, I'm not I'm not inv- I'm not a big Jericho fan, but now I'm invested because Jericho wins the match. He has to go back on. He has to go now. Now he fights Hoovy, but which is weird to me in 2021. It is. But, but but it it's it, it makes good it, it makes good compelling television in terms of wrestling. So it may it, it as long as it made sense. I was okay with it. If it, if they went all out with the fucking thumbtacks and explosions and all this other crap, and it didn't make sense the following week, the following month, then it, it then it it doesn't make any then then it's dumb to do. But it made sense, and it gave the it gave Nick Gage some exposure, and people were like, oh, he's a criminal. Is this how many fuck wrestlers have? I oh, yeah, the criminal thing. I don't I don't have an issue with it. Stop. He's, Leave he's... It, let the guy live, man. You know what? He's and he's making money. He's he's. Did you see the match with him and Cardona? I saw clips of it. Dude, did you, did you see the heat? Yes, I did. Okay, that's what you pay for. My son, who's fourteen years old, took his own money and bought the paper <laughs> and was like, "Phil, I'm buying it because I I want to see heat." And you know what? He got it. He got he it. Got but that it. was all Cardona. That wasn't him. That wasn't Nick Gage. Except, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the heat. That's that's the fan reaction you want. Yeah, that's what you're there for. That's what makes that as a performer. It just listen. I, you, whether you're in a band, a Broadway show, or a wrestling match, you get that kind of pop anywhere in the world. That's 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 where you. It's worth it. Yeah. That's the heat, and he won, and he got pelted with with food and drink and. Uh, oh, yeah, was, with everything. It was awesome. It was awesome. He cut, a, he good, ate, he cut a good promo he, at the end. I did play that promo last week, but... Double, yeah, double, he went He went and made shirts. He has top-selling T-shirts right now. He has like five different shirts after that match. Get he that... The most, he, it's insane. Get that girlfriend of his, though, out of the business. Oh, yeah, well, that's another, that's another story. Uh, but, but, that, but it, it gave him exposure... 
it gave the the promotion he's in exposure, and Jericho made him look good, and Jericho made AEW look good by telling a good story. Yeah. So for, for someone who's not a big fe- Jericho fan, it, it, you sold me. I liked it. So, um, let's see here. And I think news wise, I think we've touched on all the big stories. I mean, you like you said, it's going to be uh, Chris Jericho and Hooventude tomorrow night on Dynamite. Uh, who haven't uh, they haven't wrestled each other since 1998? So, um, so it's that that match is it's a rematch, 22 years in the making. If it makes sense, I like it. If not, then it then it shit the bed. Who's who's on. next? Who's next for for Jericho? Old Stinko Malenko. I you mean, old guy. Geez. We share a birthday, D. Malenko and I. Oh, you do. Yes, myself, D. Malenko, uh, Kensuke Sasaki. Oh, look at uh, that! Two yeah. former U.S. champions. Yes. Look at that! So, I share that. I share a birthday with um, a couple celebrities too. Louis Armstrong. Okay. Awful Roger Clements, the pitcher. <laughs> Bunch of guys I have heard with that I just found out recently. No, me, it's, uh, I share mine with X-Pac. Ah, could be worse. Could be worse, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> could be worse. Oh, of all people, I get X-Pac. I get, I get the, I get the runt of, of two of the biggest factions in the, in the industry. <laughs> um, all right, uh. I guess that's it. Wrestling, uh, I didn't see anything. Uh, I didn't think anything substantial happened on NXT tonight. At least I didn't see anything come across the wire. Um, I need to go back and I got to go and catch up on some Dave Penzer episodes because because uh, David Penzer has been interviewing some um, some some great people lately, and apparently he's going to do an episode uh, on. Um, he might be doing an episode on the assassin uh, since you know the assassin was responsible for for getting Dave Penzer into the business apparently. So um, let's see here. Apparently that chick ended up with Dexter Lemus, and they were they were they were uh, sucking face as NXT went off the air. Uh, let me see. I'm just scanning down through here. Um, I don't see anything else here that happened. Um, and the Olympics end this weekend, by the way, so um, NXT will return to the USA Network next week. Um, for those of you that, that are so bothered that it aired on Sci-Fi for the last two weeks. Oh, stop it, you fucking marks. Yeah. Uh, oh, and WWE did issue a, a, a statement on, uh, on Jody Hamilton. Uh, let me read it real quick here. It says, uh, WWE saddened to learn that Jody Hamilton, uh, known as known to the fans as the assassin, passed away at the age of 82. The following, following in the footsteps of his brother, uh, Larry the Missouri Mauler Hamilton, transitioned from amateur boxing and broke into the wrestling uh, world in the 50s. Uh, by 1958, the Hamilton brothers had risen in the ranks of the New York-based Capital Wrestling and battled... Antonio Rocca and Miguel Perez in the main event at Madison Square Garden. Just 19 year old, 19 years old at the time, Jody became the youngest grappler ever to co-main event at the world's most famous arena. Uh, and Jim Ross's favorite tag team, the uh, the Assassins. Yes, well, I did not know that. 
Um, Hamilton will go on to team with Tom Renesto to form the mass duo The Assassins and drew sellout crowds throughout the southeastern United States. The tandem became a force in Georgia Championship Wrestling and held the NWA Georgia Tag Team titles a record-breaking 12 times. After Renesto's retirement, Hamilton would carry on the torch of The Assassins with Ernie Ladd and then Hercules Hernandez to claim a collection of tag team championships in the Central State and Mid-South wrestling promotions. An injury forced Hamilton to step away from the ring, but with sports entertainment in his blood, the veteran would blaze a new path with the Power Plant Training Center for WCW. Hamilton was instrumental in the development of legendary competitors such as Kevin Nash, Goldberg, Diamond Dallas Page, and The Big Show. Following WWE's acquisition of WCW, Hamilton would continue to teach future superstars with Deep South Wrestling. His son, Nick, continued the family tradition as a referee for Georgia Championship Wrestling, WCW, and the WWE. WWE extends his condolences to Hamilton's family, friends, and fans. So, that's the official statement uh, from WWE, and I'm sure AEW will issue something... uh, uh, later today or tomorrow, uh, because they they always they're that's one thing they do comment on all the wrestler, uh, yep, all the wrestler deaths, and um, rightfully so, and rightfully so exactly. Um, and there are a lot of people there in in, uh, in AEW that has had dealings um, with the assassins, or or with Jody Hamilton, I should say. Um, all right, so with that, I think we're going to wrap it up because it's almost midnight. I can't believe that me and Phil tore it down for three hours talking about everything from COVID to pickles to wrestling. Thank you for having me. I appreciate and, uh, it. No, I appreciate you for, for coming on. And, and look at this. You're three minutes away from being an old man. Thank you what, very what, much. What, 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 what time uh, were you born? Do you know? Uh, I believe it was like five in the morning. Between four and five in the morning, I have to take my my certificate. But yeah, it's a couple hours from now. Oh, look at that! Okay, so all right. Um, so yes, happy birthday to Phil, and uh, he'll be celebrating. Uh, he's on he's on vacation this week, so yep. that's why he's got some time to kill with us tonight. Um, you're going to be on the air Friday. <sighs> I'm trying, Jay, Jay, Jay. It's been crazy busy with Jay and I. Jay's uh, Jay's a sanitation worker, so his schedule changes. <laughs> And uh, I've been on vacation, so we're trying to get together something. Might be live to tape again. Okay. Uh, we're trying to get something for Friday, so I'll show this week. He doesn't drive the honey wagon, does he? No, 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 not at all. Not okay. at all. I mean, um, for those of you that don't know what a honey wagon is, a honey wagon is the the truck that pumps the septic tanks. No, no, he uh, does the uh, the collecting, but um, okay. his schedule, they do like a, a rotating schedule. Oh, okay. So there are days, there are weeks where he works, like the next day he have to be in work at like 5 in the morning. Oh, okay. And after, 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 you know what I'm saying? So there was a time when he used to work the overnight, so he would leave right from here and go right shift, but he changed shifts, but it's still, it's like a, it, it's, it, it varies, like my old schedule used to. So, it is what it is. But yeah, we're trying to get a, a, an episode up this weekend and work okay. out the rest of uh, August's uh, itinerary, but we got some good stuff lined up. That's good. That's good. Okay. So tomorrow, Marked Order Podcast 1015 following AEW Dynamite. I'm sure they'll talk about the that, that barn buster that will be Chris Jericho and Juventud Guerrero. Um, <laughs> I, you know, God bless them. They talk about AEW every Wednesday. 
And that's what they talk about for three and a half hours usually. So, um, hey, I couldn't do it. They can. Uh, then on Friday, Turnbuckle Throwbacks, uh, like I, like Phil said, uh, you, you'll probably get a new show this week. Uh, may not be live, but it'll, it'll at least be in the can. And if that's the case, it'll air 7 o'clock um, right here on Rant AM Radio. Monday, the Midnight Jury, live at 7 o'clock. And then this program, episode 698, will be live at 9 o'clock next Tuesday. Hopefully, Tony C. will be back with us uh Next week, and um, and again, uh, Tony C, you know, we're we're with you, brother. You know that uh, yeah, that uh, that if you need anything, we're here for you. And I'm sure he's listening. He's probably because um, if the man listened to us while he was on his uh, on his anniversary respite, getting a getting a dinner, I'm sure he's probably listening to us right now. And. Um, yeah, look at that. It even sent me a reminder. It's your birthday. It's officially midnight. So happy birthday, Phil. Thank you, sir. All right. And uh, with that said, I want to thank everybody for joining us in the chat room and everybody listening to us live. For the Impact Player, Mr. Philip. Uh, what the hell? It's your birthday. Philip G. Rea. And uh, I'm Double A. We'll see you next week for another edition of The Rain. Don't forget, 700th episode, day of SummerSlam, August 21st. It's a Saturday. We'll be live around 4 o'clock. So don't miss it. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you. Shock the system.